I bet you thought we weren't going to do a show today, 30 seconds late or something. No, we're going to do a show, and it's going to be a barn burner. We got Steve Kirsch joining us from his sub stack in hour two. We're going to talk a lot of, well, off it, a little bit about off it, a whole lot of other things, evidence of harm and more. We got some questions of the day coming in. Those of you in the chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen, let us know what's going on. I just got back from the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. And boy, it was amazing. I've got so much to talk about. I may not be able to get to it all, but I will do my best to unload a lot of profound experiences from this weekend. Health, freedom, healing, liberty, always on the line here at the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thanks for joining us. Let's get this healing party started right about now. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Oh, good to be back in studio here after not sleeping much over the weekend because, well, I had so much fun at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. I was like back in my college days, staying up late, partying. No, I wasn't heavily drinking or anything like that, but having a great conversation with folks that we either believe in health freedom or healing liberty or checking it out and uh, all different backgrounds, walks of life and perspectives on life then it was a great opportunity to get together this is why i say if you have an opportunity to engage and go somewhere and be with people it has the potential to be the great what would we call it the great healer it, well yeah it also has the potential to have be, become a greater divider if keyword here you don't listen and i mean really listen i'm going to get into that in a moment speaking of listening I have my humble and lovable producer. He looks a little different than normal. If he opens up his camera, he looks like a can of WD-40. He's so annoyed with me because I you asked, like the new look here, the new style. It's, it's kind of shiny. Can you tell I got my hair cut there? Totally. It's like you lost all your hair. You turned That's it into right. a metal can. <laughs> did I Did I upset you greatly? I asked I asked one question. <laughs> Super Don, I asked you one question before we went to air. Hey, did you de-squeakify your chair? No. I forgot. I'm like, dude. Do you care about the sound of the show? He got, he huffed and puffed and he walked out and came back with a can of WD 40, sprayed it, said, I guess we won't be able to start the show on time. <laughs> this is, this is what happens. I leave town, come back, and you're mad at me already. It's only the first day back. A whiny <laughs> little. Yeah, I hear you. Host. Uh, thank you. Anyway. That was kinder and gentler and more family oriented what you just did. Yes. There. Oh, so I get out of the shuttle from the airport. <sighs> to the you know hotel getting there in minnesota and get out in the, the what i hear from across the parking lot somebody walking in from the parking lot hey neil diamond <laughs> apparently the video uh, wayne roadie our good friend wayne roadie okay. attorney yeah. good he, good health freedom guy for a lot of years and he's a wonderful man and he, apparently he saw the video of me singing sweet caroline and may have gone semi-viral and uh, so it was just funny. I was like, oh, gosh, I can't. Now I can't hide it. I can't. That's live awesome. Yeah. yeah. So so now I've got other people wanting to do karaoke with me. <laughs> so maybe in the Orlando event with Stu and Terry Warner, if there is that, we'll have more uh, video of uh, me singing. You don't bring me flowers with some lovely health freedom advocate. That could happen. Could happen now. I, I think we should explore the entire Neil Diamond catalog. I mean, why not? Well, yeah, you're right. Why not? Why not? Right? Go all in. All in. Right? But we still want you to do a Barry Manilow uh, version of something eventually. If it's like 
No. Turn I already, off. I already did. I've done actually. I've done two. I did the the Van Halen one too, if you remember. That's right, you did. So, but, and but I I'm sucked, thinking, pretty much sucked at both. But no, I, I did you, it. You can't sing Barry Manilow. You're telling nah, me seriously? Not really. No. Not really. All right. It's been so long. So, if you were to say one song by one artist that you could probably nail because it's part of you, is there one? That you'd go, I'm confident. I there's can a handful, you know, because yeah. there's not a lot of of deep voiced mm-hmm. songs out there that that are popular. You know, most of the the the, the key for of, of the people that really make it, are they, you know, they have yeah. a higher key. You know, um, what about except, a, unless you want to sing country music, which is not my, you know, that's right. not my thing. No, no, you know? and I'm not saying get out of your element. But how about a Tom Jones song? Can you do that? No. Okay. I'd probably have to go Tennessee Ernie Ford or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I just put it out there as a possibility. 16 tons. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That, you I could, could do that. I could probably pull that off. Folks, if you didn't know, yeah. two hour, hour two. Hour two is Steve Kirsch uh, from his sub stack and all the things he's doing. We should have a great conversation in the second hour of the broadcast about Fauci. No, not Fauci. I think it's going to be uh, the other guy, uh, Offit. Yeah, Offit. It. Do you have that? Did you send him the email that he rejected us often? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No. He wanted to see that because he wants to share it on his sub stack, talk about it. So yeah. definitely give him a, a, we'll do. a insight into that. Uh, well, so, I, okay, I, I get there, and, and I mean, it's exciting. I'm anticipating a reunion with uh, old friends at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress in Minneapolis. Shout out to the Diane Miller. <laughs> it's not the end of the show, folks, I promise. Uh, and Julie Boris and so many of the other folks, Jerry Johnson, all the people that put this thing together. It's a huge, huge event and undertaking uh, to have health freedom uh, groups from around the world, as well as uh, individuals that wanted to participate, just kind of be part of it, not necessarily voting members. And overall, it was a sensational weekend. And I, I'm going to say among the many highlights is uh, meeting my new friend, uh, Jennifer Sharp, Jen Sharp. Jen, we had on on Sunday's radio broadcast about her new new film, Anecdotals, the movie, Anecdotals movie, a nonpartisan look or an attempt to be as nonpartisan as possible about vaccine injury since she had one and got injured. And then she started highlighting, spotlighting a lot of other people who had been injured. And unfortunately, this has become so politicized, as she described, she she's kind of afraid to share this with her friends and even her family that she did this film. Because the mere mention that you were injured by what they call a vaccine, that it is not the mRNA injection, is so polarizing in some circles that you can't even share your story. And I thought, wow, how bad has it become? How deeply divided have we become that simply the act of telling our story, sharing our truth, becomes ripe for divisive attack and destruction or cancellation, you know, cancel culture. Even within friends and families, you could have a lifetime of friends and family members. And suddenly you mention, I took the jab. I got harmed by it. And now you're persona non grata. And, you know, this genuinely as a sensitive guy. Yeah, I know. I don't look like it. Sensitive guy. It kind of hurts the heart. You're like, oh, ow, really? Why? Come on. And the opportunity presented itself. And I, I, I don't know how much detail I can go into here. But I'm going to attempt to describe what happened after the Saturday evening program where Scott Tips from the National Health Federation was honored, second time, that's never happened, for his lifetime work in defending health freedom on, a, I say, a global level because he's, uh, the NHF, the National Health Federation, has NGO status 
uh, with these uh, the Codex Alimentarius, which is a UN sanctioned organization, came about in the 60s, 1960s. They want to harmonize all the world's laws for supplements, and it's been mostly harmful to those of us who believe in health freedom, wanting to have access to supplements the way we want them, not the way some global unelected bureaucracy tells us we can or can't have them, what levels they set it, right? So it's a bias against what we do. And Scott Tips and his organization and many people preceded him have been after that for years and years and years. And toward the end of his presentation, there were some Q&A and somebody asked about common ground or, you know, some way to find you know, peaceful coexistence. I, again, I'm, I, I what it's hard to remember the great details, but I will tell you the most extraordinary thing happened afterwards. Cause in the midst of him get you in the Q and a said, don't give up on your, don't compromise your principles. And then something like how common ground could be dangerous. And I heard about the compromising of principles and that to me says, yeah, if you have a principled stance and you know, you're right about it, you don't compromise that principled stance. But there were a few people, not many, in the audience that come from the left side of the political spectrum. Just say it pr- politely and nicely and lovingly as I can. And one particular, and I'm not going to name names here other than the people that I interacted with and we're talking about this and we'll have ongoing discussions about this, uh, ver- became very upset, challenged by what was said or how they interpreted what was said. And I wasn't sure what. Um, you know, some Some rumor had gone around after it that he had talked about uh, you know, uh, black people, somebody dropped the N word and I'm like, n- nobody had dropped the N word. Nobody was talking about black or white issues, anything like that. Yet there was something, some extreme reaction or response by an individual who shall go unnamed. And I didn't get to talk to afterwards about this. So again, it's not throwing anybody under the bus, but it's like, Oh wait, what the heck did, did were we seeing the same thing? So then at, at the evening, after the evening sitting around, you know, by the bar, people are having drinks. I had my St. Pauli N.A the German non-alcoholic brew that I enjoy from time to time. And we were having a discussion of like, uh, there was, and there was one lady and I apologize. I can't remember the name. Too much going on in my head. Sweet, sweet Jewish lady had bright red hair. And uh, we got into it and (laughs) engaged in spirited debate conversation like two old Jews would do. And I was loving the engagement, but trying to get beyond just the, you know, the shouting aspect of argument, right. To, to like, let's, well, let's go deeper. And we did through the course of the evening. And, uh, she had claimed that she had heard, you know, uncompromising. It's like equivalent to those that want to go in and storm the Capitol and have an insurrection, you know, that level of outrage. Oh, this is, see, this is where the violence he's, he's inciting violence. I'm like, what, what talk were you at? I, I didn't hear that. And so there were words that popped out for them that were, charged words that triggered let's just say it in a in a a loving and gentle way triggered a response a reaction an emotional gut reaction from some that i didn't feel and and see and i'm like i didn't even hardly hear what you said was said and certainly certain things weren't but okay that was said okay and then i heard compromise we're talking about principles and so we come out with a completely different interpretation of the very same lecture that happened only minutes earlier and the opportunity presented, and, and Jennifer was there too, and we were talking about her feelings and responses to what was happening at that end, the end, the Q and A part of it all, and how it was interpreted by someone who comes more from uh, the left, a political left viewpoint. Yet again, as we had on our Sunday broadcast, if you missed it, go watch it, it or listen to it. It's amazing—an honest, open discussion about the difficulty we have right now over the the, the jab mandates, the, the mask mandates, uh, the jabs themselves causing harm or not. All of these things for those who have been harmed and they're on the political left and sort of said, 
well, yeah, I'll do it or I'll take one for the team or I'll do it because I think it's the right thing to do for the good of the whole or the common good and all of those questions or, 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 or perspectives. And as we, you know, as we discuss these things, we, we genuinely saw life through different eyes. Now, that's not a shocking statement for any of us, I don't believe. We all have our filters with which we hear, see, even, see and perceive reality. And we could talk about that theoretically, but I was witnessing and experiencing it in real time where we had completely different reactions to a certain interaction within a presentation. Yet the most amazing thing was happening is that we were able to talk about it by questioning each other, by listening and not shouting down the, oh, he did not say that. Oh, yes, he did kind of thing to say, oh, you heard that. Well, what does that mean? What did that mean to you? What did you see that meant? And here's what they explained. And I said, oh, well, this is what I heard and this is what it means. And then saw the way that they had painted certain words or statements by certain people in certain moments with a broad brushstroke that meant you were practically, you know, a, a, a MAGA Trump supporter, no matter what, and you want to go into the Capitol and cause an insurrection. I'm like, well, that's obviously ridiculous, but in the heat of the moment of emotions, you can't get there. But in the course of a genuine, sincere and heart focused discussion with someone who has a genuine disagreement with you about an experience that you just both had together, it provided an incredible opportunity to get past that emotional reaction and say, Hey, we saw the same thing, but heard the same thing. And, uh, no, we, well, we thought so the words were the same, but we completely had a different reaction and response to it based on our biases, based on our filters. Now, granted, as we, as I'm encouraging you to engage in this kind of level of communication with people with, with whom you normally don't agree, or you maybe think you don't have much in common. I acknowledge and recognize there are some people that are so invested in their emotional state, anger, rage, hatred, whatever it might be, or fear that they are not interested in having that discussion. It's, it's all or none. And, and could we be honest about this too, that there are people on the political right that, that do that just as we see people on the political left, that it's not only the left is doing this. Or all, no, there are transitions in time, like I've said, growing up more liberal, like many young people do in their viewpoint of the world, but also appreciating the left's, at least historical stance on no censorship. Censorship is bad. Censorship is wrong. The First Amendment was written not to protect popular speech with which we all agree, but the stuff we don't agree on. And so when we see and I see and many of you acknowledge and perhaps some of you that might be left of center politically acknowledge and go, oh, my gosh. That group of folks that we lump together as the left have not only abandoned First Amendment, defense of First Amendment, but they've gone all in on suppression of First Amendment speech they don't like or they interpret to mean, uh, you know, it, it's the horrible, it's evil, it's, uh, it'll bring harm, etc. The very speech that they would defend in the, in the history of, of their movement, if you will. And because I, I remember a time when I was among them and believed much of what was spouted at the time. And I still think a lot of it's good. It's more to me, the libertarian side of the left or the right. I have been and acknowledged a little bit harder on the political left. You hear me in my rhetoric or my outrage directed more toward how crazy is the, is the left here 
attacking freedom of speech or wanting to forceful, forcefully mandate other human beings to participate in medical experimentation when the left used to be suspicious of the man, of the government, of big corporations. And now they become the advocates and mouthpieces for it. So you think, well, there's not a lot we have in common anymore, but there are people within that spectrum that are confronted with this. My gosh, we strayed from our beliefs. Or for someone who said, well, I've always been there and it moved. Well, however you want to perceive it. But what I'm attempting to share with you, and, and I'll have to have more conversations with Jennifer Sharp, the filmmaker of Anecdotal's movie and that Una great movie that I mentioned. She did a, a, a intellectually based comedy. I haven't seen it yet. It's on Prime, Amazon Prime, that I encourage you to re listen, watch actually, and get back to me and get a review. I've seen all the reviews are amazing. And I look forward to that. But I, I genuinely have a heart, a heart connection. I enjoyed so much our discussion and, and really was compassionate about the difficulty she is going through and feeling as a filmmaker from Hollywood, seeing that her community is or would likely maybe reject her once they know she's put a movie together that is not political, called Anecdotals, about people who have been injured by these COVID jabs. And it's become so hotly politicized. You don't have to mention politics. You say, I was injured by the jab. Oh, you right-wing Trump re Republican. I was like, what? Where did that come from? Does anybody here agree with Trump when he went with warp speed and still defends these jabs today? Even people who like Trump go, what the heck? Where, hello, you need to apologize. That was horrible. So again, the leaps are made without a conscious attempt of any kind to understand why do you feel the way you do? Why do you feel the way you do? And rather than judging or shouting down the way they feel or even the reasons for it going, Oh, well, I hadn't considered that. I, I haven't walked in your shoes for a mile. You know how it is judge person until you don't judge them until you walk in their shoes for whatever length of time or moccasins or whatever. And so if you were a black woman growing up in the Midwest, like Jennifer Sharp, witnessing life through her eyes and things. And, you know, I'm a white dude. Yeah, I grew up in a, in a Jewish family in the South being battered, battered by certain prejudices, not because of the pigment of my skin, but for other reasons. But yet I could operate differently than someone with more pigment than me. And then, oh, this is super Don, you're going to like this. Yeah, go ahead and bring up your camera. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but have you ever heard Someone like a white liberal or a white person go to a black person. I don't see color. Oh, I don't see color. Have sure. you ever heard people say that? Mm -hmm. I don't see color. I, I'm like, that's the stupidest thing anybody's ever. Heard. <laughs> it, well, okay, you have to, you have to, you have to interpret what it oh, is the person is trying to say. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Of course, you see color. Are you blind? No, I know. But the, yeah. but the point is, I want you to put your. And as I was talking with Jennifer about that, she's like, you can tell she loathes it too. Yeah. When are, when white people are trying to say to a black person, oh, I'm not prejudiced, oh, I'm not whatever, and, and they say, I don't see color. It's like, come on. You can do better than that. What they what, what somebody means when they say that is that when I see you, I yeah. don't judge you or treat you differently right. or value you any differently uh, because of the color of your skin. Oh, so that's I what think, they mean. I think but. it's clear that that's what they mean. Yeah, right. I agree. That's what they're attempting to communicate. But it's just... Have you ever thought how condescending that is in one sense to go, yeah, I don't see color. It's like you're not looking at me. 
You're not looking at me. It's like it's a canned, it's a canned defensive response is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just things like that. You you don't realize. And of course the left is so woke on this that it's like they're, they go to the other extreme and they become obviously uncomfortable and trying to communicate things about pigment that I try to, how do I say, I don't mean to laugh it off, but try to find humor in, you know, these things that we think are so divisive. Like you've got more pigment than me and I don't know how it goes. Now there is genuine problem with prejudging prejudice. We talk about that bigotry, buttheads, but also when I see people on the left or white folks on the, on the left go, Oh, it's all about race. Everything's about race. And the woman that I'm not mentioning here today sees the world through racial tinged leftist eyes and she wouldn't engage in discussion i couldn't couldn't get to a point of that so i can't really communicate more than what i want to on that other than to say looking at everything through that is like looking out from under a rock and trying to figure out the world because we're so much more than that yet we will acknowledge the experience of having more color or less color yes it changes the way we go through life in many areas of the world Yet, as I, you know, have traveled to some places around the world and seen things a little bit differently by trying to experience other cultures and witnessing what they see or hear and finding out by asking questions and being sincere about listening when they communicate to you their experience rather than coming with our preconceived notions about what we think we're going to hear or what we think they mean by it. And if we're not sure, ask more questions. And, And... I, I don't know if I'm doing a lick of good in communicating what I'm trying to communicate because it was just a thrilling weekend for me to be able to engage in deep level discussions about things that are, for a lot of people, very uncomfortable to address, and I couldn't get enough of it. Even when it got uncomfortable, when other people joined the conversation and they hadn't listened or they even weren't listening, and they'd come in from left field or right field and go, but I'm like, they have no idea what we're talking about and the depth with we're attempting to go. Mm-hmm. And yet we just sit back and watch it and observe it and go, oh, this is not going to go well. It, and, you know, it does. It goes off the rails. And then we find a way to get it back. But, dude, I'm just saying the kind of stuff I try to do here, even though you can tune into any one of our shows, Super Don, right? And somebody from the political left might think that I hate Democrats or I hate people from the left because they can isolate one soundbite or one monologue that's picking out something specific that has me very annoyed and upset and calling out hypocrisy, for instance. And they may never they never make the show where we called out Trump or a Republican about hypocrisy. So and, and that person might go. But they hate the right if they only tuned into that one show. Oh, they hate Trump. It's like I'm trying to get past this. And even, you know, when we had discussions about the, the vitriol, the, 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 the Jewish lady, my friend, who said, oh, yeah, Trump's a bad man. And they all came to conclusion. He's a bad man. I'm like, do you know him personally? No, but I, I on and on it goes. I'm like, wow. We have these genuine prejudices based on how we are uh, told to think or believe or manipulated into thinking or believe. Here's another aspect of this, Super D. I want to get to mm-hmm. that and this maybe wrap up our first half hour of the show today before we get into some of these stories. You know the algorithms in social media. Many of us get news through social media. Right. And they know exactly who we are to almost the nth degree. Through these right. artificial, if you've spent any amount of time on there, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so, what happens is that here's an example: Black Lives Matter. If you're on the political right, you'll see the violence. You'll see the, you know, all of the things that have done that. We go, that's horrible. That doesn't do anything to promote Black Lives or the value of Black Lives, for instance. And if you are 
you know, of a different political persuasion in your feed, you're only going to see the wonderful lofty goals, at least espoused by and never see the corruption that happened. And so you have this worldview, two people that have the same, well, let's say planet earth, this is where we live, a completely different view and true of the insurrection that, that we would perceive as not really an insurrection. You name the politically charged event and we would say, well, why don't they consider this, this, and this, and this? It's like, they don't see any of it. Their feed is designed to keep them in their, what, the, the horse blinders? And the feed over here is designed to keep in the horse blinders. So never the twain shall meet. So we don't find a way to even approach each other to have discussions. And that became more palpable and obvious to me in our discussions this week, not only at the event, but with one of my dearest, oldest friends that I got to have a reunion with after the event that was not part of it, talking about these, you know, political views of the world and how divisive everything has become. And it's not an accident. We are clearly being manipulated. And even though we say, yeah, we know that the depth with which the manipulation is, is so profound. And so I, I, it's actually admirable, not in a positive sense, but you're like, man, I'm impressed, right? They smoked us all. And I had the opportunity, I guess is what I'm saying, by coming to an event where there were people from various backgrounds, albeit a minority of views were in the leftist view at this point because Health Freedom recognizes the left is not genuinely for it. Those who uh, have left the extreme of whatever we call the left now, yes, are for Health Freedom. But many are struggling with, oh my gosh, that was my tribe. Now they don't like me anymore. They hate me because I was injured by the, the jab. And I am just encouraging you I know it's not always possible. There are some people that don't want to engage, but if you have the opportunity to engage, to ask questions with a sincere, open heart and really listen, it's amazing. It's amazing what can happen. And it's yet, it's still unfolding. It's still unfolding super D and I'm thrilled by what happened overall, even though again, always disappointed that some people you can never reach because they don't want to be reached. And, And we have to make peace with that as well and just leave them alone. Till one day maybe they get through their anger and rage and every you know hatred issue that may exist on the political left or right. So it's true. <sighs> it is true. Eventually, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe some people just forever will be that way. But you know, sooner or later, it's not uncommon for somebody to their circumstances change and it kind of knocks them out of the yeah the trance. Right? You know, it's kind of like well, oh, well, life will will get you there. And, and I think that to me, this is the evidence of a, a loving God or a creator that I will be allowed. And I am allowed to make horrible mistakes with the potential that I might actually learn from them rather than being prevented. Like, uh, I'm going to stop you from having that experience because I know what happens when you have it. And I know it, it's mm. not good. You don't want that. You don't need it. You're like, what are you telling me? I don't, what I want, mm. what I need. And so many people going through these divisive scenarios, the opportunity, what have we seen in COVID, the craziness of the two and a half, almost three years, the opportunity to bridge a divide despite the extreme polarization by, guess what, allopathic doctors, homeopathic doctors, herbalists, chiropractors, naturopaths, Reiki masters, nurses coming together in the spirit of cooperation, not because they're forced to by a centralized bureaucracy or government, but because they look around and go, those people are crazy. They're all crazy. <laughs> let's let's talk about what's working and what's helping, and we're and we're helping each other out and trying to set up. Guess what? That parallel system. That now we realize we don't have to slay the dragon, 
because the dragon has all the tools and the and the bombs and the guns more than the power. You know, we look, oh, they're so powerful. We can't. How stupid is that in the art of war to take them on head on? That's suicide. How about just going a different way? Maybe it's parallel to the track, but it's creating as you have powers of co-creation by God to create a new or re- reduce something that happened in the past that is good and manifest it despite all of the obstacles and options that they don't want you to know about and have, and they won't give you permission for it. Not even licensed to do that. We don't want one. We don't need one. We don't ask for it. And so that higher functioning way of creating a new system, so to speak, if you say the system is so corrupt, it's not the doctor, it's the system they're stuck in. Well, Doctor, remove yourself, extricate yourself from that system, and let's work together. Let's cooperate, not because we're being forced to, but we know it's a better way. I come back to some of the stories historically, like my mom described when she was a child and a young adult in Israel, what was in Palestine, how the Jews, the Christians, the Arabs all went to the market together. They drank coffee at the cafes together, and they they lived together. You didn't look around and think, are they going to plant a bomb yesterday, today, or tomorrow as much as? Yeah. Hey, am I going to buy something, get a good deal at the shook the market or, you know, the coffee is a good, again, this was something that you don't realize until you step back from the narrative going well beyond a COVID narrative, the narrative that this is a person that's different than you. You should hate them. You should fear them and on and on it goes star belly sneeches, et cetera. And then when you work and live and play together, without somebody manipulating how you're supposed to perceive or view those people. But now you have the genuine ability to experience them as human beings. I'm not saying everybody's going to get along with you or me. That's not what I'm saying. But in the context of interaction, human interaction, if not putting a jar together and shaking up violently, your inclination would be, I wonder how we can get along. We all live here. We all hang out and say, we go to the, do we immediately think we've got to get into battle or do we think, how do we kind of hang out and have a good time? And I believe humans in left in and of themselves without being manipulated, which seems to be the case all the time, we'd find a way to go. Yeah, we're hanging out together. It's all right. We don't have to go to Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody. The point is, it's quite different. The transformation that, that is happening now is, I think, primarily due to the extremes that have occurred. It's giving us an opportunity to look at both extremes and go, I don't want that. That doesn't align with me or my principles. And that doesn't mean you're giving up your principles. I think you are realigning with the principles that you'll find you'll have more in common than not. The artificial reality is that they think your principles are to hate and kill them and diminish them versus your principles are freedom. Oh, yours are too? Okay, what does that mean? Let's talk about what that means. And then find more in common than we have to separate and divide us. So uh, the poll of the day, Super Don, goes along with this topic, does it not? If you're getting the uh, newsletter, the daily newsletter, here it is. Have you lost friends or family over your differences of opinion or difference of opinions on politics and or COVID? Very simple. Yes, no, not sure. I don't know how you're not sure about that, but I guess if you don't talk. I got to throw that in there just because. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm curious. What's been your experience? As we talk to a lot of people that have lost friends and family, I think. I know where the majority of the answers are going to be, but if you want to share a story and you're in the chat room, type it in. We'll talk to Steve Kirsch about that too, maybe an hour or two. That could be a fun topic. You, you always pick the polls today because you had no idea that I was going to talk about this to open the show. I, I try and tie, you know, I I, uh, I try and tie them into something, you know, relevant to the day. Yeah. Sometimes it's just bizarre, you know. Mm-hmm. 
What's your favorite color? Why did I, you I, look at me when you said bizarre? I just bizarre. I didn't look at you. Well, actually, technically, you I was. Yeah, I saw at you, you looking at yeah, me on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway, Mr. Anyway. I'm glad you had a good time, and it sounds like it was really cool. Um, and the experience of you know, and you weren't expecting that, right? I mean, that just no, kind of just it just happened, and it was just like there was no plan. It was completely organic and natural the way that it it, it yeah. No, I, and I didn't go in expect. I mean, you, you think in terms of we're coming to the U.S. Health Freedom Congress, we're going to be semi-monolithic in our views, but that's not true. People are coming at health freedom that may have a left-leaning political view, right-leaning, anything in between. But the right. point is there was a, a polarization thing that happened, not intentionally, but an interpretation thing that, you, you know what, people feel how they feel. The question is, do we distance from them because they feel that way? If they're willing to engage and discuss this, it's like, Wow, how fascinating is this? We could be in the same event witnessing and hearing the same words, and certain words will jump out for us and not for others. Like, I didn't hear him say that. You heard him say that? Really? You talk about it, like, maybe it was said, maybe it wasn't, but the interpretation radically different. And, and it, it's okay, except that when we go away in anger and fear and hatred versus, can we talk about this? And we can mm -hmm. talk about it, with some exceptions. Like, some people don't want to talk about it. I get that. Uh, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the folks that are willing to engage. And even the people that think they're willing to engage often are not because they, they haven't learned the art of listening, really listening, right. as opposed to, I hear you, but I don't really hear you. I hear you, but I don't really want to hear you. And so then you, you'll end up talking over and you'll, you'll not acknowledge anything they said or ask a question if you're not sure about what they said. I hear you say this. What did you mean? Oh, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Let me explain. Dude, it is no. so awesome when that happens. So I don't know. Why doesn't it happen all the time? Again, it's too easy. It's too easy not to do that. It's hard work, although rewarding, to take the time and go past your comfort zone and ask the questions that may be awkward to you because you think, oh, I might offend them by asking this question. And if you're sincere, they're not going to be offended. But I thank you for asking that. No one's ever asked me that. Mm -hmm. that That's somebody who's, who's invested in having meaningful conversation, which unfortunately is not something that happens all that much anymore. Right. Yeah. Had Paul Offit... Uh, yeah. agreed to come on the show it's possible you guys could have had a conversation like that but when you have somebody like Paul Offit who just emails you back and just says no thanks yeah, that's somebody who doesn't want to have that conversation Yeah, it is know, they, they yeah. prejudged yeah. what's going to happen or what's go what that conversation is going to be about now maybe he's you know he's gotten hammered with, with a bunch of uh, people like that and he just figures oh, I'm not even going to bother he'll just avoid the possibility of it being negative but if you do that then like you said you just you live your life in a bubble yeah and, you know? and we have been and it, it was really obvious to me and there are people that don't want to live that way but also are afraid to you know make an overture because oftentimes it's rejected and if you get rejected enough then you shy away from even the attempts to do so right and I try to be a living example for what I believe you know my on our leaning superdom we're similar in a lot of ways in terms of our libertarian maybe more conservative libertarian but a libertarian view of the world we believe in freedom and we uh you know even when people do things we disagree with as long as they're violently you know uh, using the government to force or stop you know all that it's like pretty basic stuff i talk about the common law you know if we do the do all you have agreed to do contract agree you know or don't encroach on other persons or property that's richard mayberry's statement but that sense is seemingly simple, the golden rule almost. That's how we were brought up. Yeah, I think so. But you know, I get, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to, uh, 
to do apparently today. Of course, when we are so polarized, and I go, I say this again, artificially, that became more obvious than ever with the algorithms, especially people don't even see what you think they should see because they're not seeing it. They're not being fed any information, but that which strengthens their own belief about the world around them. And so you never get to know one another and find out, my gosh, we're not that all, all that real different and not from a a storybook philosophical reality but a reality of yeah i'm breathing here i'm speaking right with you now we're right next to one another and i'm just like enthralled by the experience cool. so uh, pray that I, I communicated any of that in a semblance in a way that made sense because there are a lot of people invested in the anger there's and on all oh, sides yeah. of this equation there are oh, yeah. it's like you don't want a lot of people that count on that anger oh sure Feed right? off of it, breed off of it, you know. All they make that. money off of it, mm -hmm. you know. And, and 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 I'm not telling people, and I hope Super D, that, that's clear. I'm not telling you, oh, never be angry, <laughs> you know, never have emotions. No, it's good. These are good things. And I'm as I'm arguing with the Jewish lady, like, yeah, we're emotional, but we got past the shouting. Not that I was ever intending to shout, just in humor, going back and forth to where we could actually hear one another and, 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 and relate some things that maybe go, Oh, I hadn't considered that. I hadn't considered that. <sighs> so there you go. Um, that's our opening of the show today. Robert Scabell, Steve Kirsch coming up in hour two. Uh, say thanks to our friends at orangeguard.com. If you haven't already, I know you're transitioning in the fall months, maybe doing more things indoors already. I don't know, but if the ants and roaches come in during the cold weather, Hey, take care of them without harming your kids or your, your, your pets or yourself. OrangeGuard.com, delimiting from the orange peel. You can get it at your local Ace Hardware store. You can get it at Whole Foods. You can get it directly by going to OrangeGuard.com. And you can see that you can spray it in your greenhouses. It won't affect the food negatively. You can dilute it down into lower levels. For, for yeah, There's all kinds of ways Ooh, to use orange. I updated the, the collage, too, by the we way. We got more pictures? Uh, well, you know, we had the one there, and I can't remember her name. Forgive me, but yeah, she was in the rose bushes there, or the flower yeah, but, you know, kind of peeking her head out, awesome. and then we got another one. Uh, I think it was on Friday from Shane Jurek in the upper right hand corner there. Oh, nice, Shane. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. All right, keep sending your pictures to Super Don. Ask RSB at gmail .com. We're going to be doing some giveaways in the month of October in the midst of all the travel. Might even be an uh, an extra bottle of Orange Guard coming to you if you win that. And and look at the odds are great. Not a lot of people are sending pictures in, so uh, do it. We love to give stuff away. And for those of you who aren't part of our patron support group. Well, I think about all the stuff we've given away to people that come to our live Zoom AMAs. True. Most people have actually gotten more value physically in material substances that we've sent out as thank yous, giveaways, mm -hmm. that they've actually paid to support us. And that's not a complaint. I'm grateful that we could do that. And that's thanks to our uh, sponsors, including uh, our friends uh, Christopher Key with the IGF One Plus from Neutronics. We've given away some stuff from it worth 300 bucks. We've done that. Uh, we've given away CBD, certified organic U.S. grown CBD from our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, which, by the way, RSP15 is the discount code. And when you sign up to become a customer of theirs in the United States, mention the Robert Scott Bell Show, they're going to send you samples as well. And you can send in pictures of those samples to Super Don with you. Ask RSB at gmail.com, and we occasionally give away stuff there too. So, folks, Hats, we got our t shirts, yeah. silver, copper. All kinds you, of awesome You stuff. name it, yeah. yeah. AMA coming up uh, the 29th, is it? We moved it. The 28th? 29th. And that's because on the 28th, and you'll see this, it's in the show notes, and I, I put the link in the chat, but mm -hmm. coming up on the 28th mm -hmm. 
is going to be webinar with you and now they say John Hewlett. You think he'll show up this time? I'm hoping that because I think the last time it was it was so upsetting to us that they're going to make sure that John <laughs> Hewlett is a, is able to be on with me. Come on, man! So yeah, talking about uh, uh, your brain health, brain and, health, yeah. and um, emotional, mental health, and stuff. So. Anyway, that'll be on the 28th. An email went out over the weekend. There'll be another email or two going out between now and the 28th if you want to get registered for that. You can also go to the show notes and just click on the banner there. Yeah, if you want to understand the importance of brain health in relationship to circulation, you can always talk about blood-brain barrier. Well, you got to have blood flow to the brain. You've got to have the ability also to detoxify, to bind things that the brain no longer needs. That's autophagy or autophagy. And that is something that is enhanced by the Cardio Miracle formulation. So we'll have a lot of good stuff to discuss on that day. So if you got brain health concerns, join us for that next uh, webinar. That's free, but you got to sign up to be part of it. So that's coming up. Do we have a question of the day today that came in from Bill again? Bill's been asking a lot of questions. And I'm not annoyed. I, I like it. I don't mind. Uh, we am do. I, am I imagining that or not? No, you're not. Okay. I just... I. Is it, be, is it because I made else. you de-squeakify your chair that you're... You, I just, you know, the squeak is what gets me through, and now I don't have it, so... Well, I just didn't want any upset listeners, you know, sending you hate mail, because I care. Oh, it's a part of the show now. <laughs> the squeaking chair? Or me it's squeaking back. without squeaking chair. All right, so question of the day. This is from Bill. Okay, uh, my wife has purchased many vitamins from Andrew Lespin from... What I could see is vitamins are pretty good. I, again, I don't know anything about these vitamins, just so you know. But however, he says many of his vitamins have vitamin C as ascorbic acid or ascorbate or ascorbyl palmitate. Consequently, I purchased vitamin C from choosetobehealthy.com. That's where we recommend if you want C, it's 100% whole food C. Um, and that's, the, I believe, the mega food C. And, she, and Bill says, my thinking is if she takes, oh, this is about his wife, if she takes the good form of vitamin C with the bad vitamin C, Hopefully, the body will use the good vitamin C and discard the synthetics. What do you think, Bill? Okay, that's an interesting question. Now, in terms of synthetics and, and toxicity, you have to say vitamin C is low down on the list. Honestly, it's water-soluble. Unfortunately, it's often made by pharmaceutical companies from GMO corn, a company like BASF. I remember BASF from cassette tapes all those years ago. But they, they make all kinds of chemical stuff including vitamin C, which is not a natural product, although it's arguably from the chemist side of things, they say identical to it, except vitamin C is a multifactorial combination of, of things from the natural world in the original state. We've done shows on this that make it, yes, different than just ascorbic acid or an ascorbate form. So I'm not so concerned about toxicity at the levels most people utilize the, uh, the vitamin C, but I don't know that taking a whole food form of C is going to really impact what your body does with the synthetic C. It's going to be pretty much flushed out for the most part. And when, when doctors use vitamin C IV, intravenous therapy, it's vitamin C-mo-therapy. It's not toxic like chemotherapy, but it has some similar impact or semblance of impact. It is oxidative as a therapy where, I, you know, I would argue in many cases, well, oxidative therapy can be a benefit. We must consider the antioxidant therapy. And that would mean drinking echo water, hydrogen. If you dissolve H2, the H2 is dissolved into water and now you have H2O, but you also have H2 within the water. You now have the ultimate antioxidant that will bind with hydroxyl radicals and kind of float it out like water. And that's a great thing because if you use oxidative therapies, you definitely need to counter it with the antioxidant. 
therapies. Much like we talked about the formulation of Cardio Miracle, elevating nitric oxide production systemically throughout the vascular system, endogenous production of nitric oxide, but simultaneously counteracting the dangerous rise of peroxynitrite, which is a harmful free radical and inflammatory component. So you get the good, you can also get the bad, and you're like, are they going to cancel each other out? If it's a short burst thing, it's not a big deal. But if you're doing it every day and not counteracting the peroxynitrite, that could be problematic. So I think these are the things to consider. If you can avoid taking synthetics at all, my argument, better off. Seems to be reasonable, right? Of course, with whole food C, you're not going to get up to the thousands and thousands and thousands of milligrams that the the vitamin C synthetic version uh, proponents uh, have and you need to get to. And if I can achieve with micrograms of selenium in 100% whole food form, what thousands of milligrams, am I saying that right? Yeah, thousands of milligrams or tens of grams of C would do. Why would I need to do that monster amount of something when I can do a microgram amount of something else like selenium? And so if you want to use vitamin C synthetic, I mean, I'm not going to ostracize you and cancel you out. I'm not part of the cancel culture. But I would argue that you might want to look into other things that you could do that are more efficient and don't pose any toxicity danger, even minimal in that regard. So hopefully that's helpful, Bill. And I thank you for writing in with your question of the day. And it's in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can always text RSB to 22828 to be part of the Superdon newsletter. I call it that because quite honestly, Superdon collates the news like nobody's business. Like nobody does and helps you give it an insight, get some insight into what we do to prep for the show each day, how we view things, text RSB to 22828, or you can just come on over to robertscottbell.com and sign up for the newsletter. That way we can give you updates as well on upcoming events. Uh, and, and there's a lot of them coming up. In fact, we've got to review those uh, pretty soon because uh, was it next week? If Orlando survives, if Sarasota survives, look, that's another thing. Send in prayers of love and protection to the people of Florida. Looks like a hurricane may be on its way right now. It's indicating west coast of Florida, right where I might need to go, in fact, next week. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody really does, but we'll see. Uh, but take batten down the hatches, so to speak. Protect yourselves in this. Uh, even a Category 1 hurricane could be problematic. I don't know what it'll be. Uh, so that's it. So what else? The upcoming events, just to let you know what we're planning for next week. Monday, I fly out. Uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll do something in preparation for Monday's show in advance. Uh, we got Weiner Wellness Week that's happening right now. I'll be speaking uh, at that. That's online. They have a YouTube channel. I think they also have it on Facebook. And they interview me about a lot of different health topics. And, you know, things always shift when they interview me as opposed to me being the interviewer. So you may want to participate in that. And I want to thank Nutritional Frontiers for sponsoring Weiner Wellness Week. We do a lot of great stuff. The Mind Your Health uh, webinar coming up on Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, engineering your microbiome is starting up also on the September 26th. So that's really cranking up now and you can sign up for free. We also have in October, uh, an online event, and this one's reversing autoimmune disease. That's cool. Now that week, see right here, you have the seventh through ninth, but leading up to that in Orlando, I'm going to be speaking at the Chamberlain's health food store in Lake Mary, North of Orlando on the fourth or the fifth, the fourth, I think. And then the fifth, I'll be speaking at the East Colonial Store of Chamberlain's in the Orlando metro area before joining many of our friends like Judy Mikovits and, and so many of Peter McCullough. And oh, it's going to be amazing. 
We're going to be together again in Orlando at the uh, Health and Freedom Summit and Expo Wellness Parenting Revolution. Thanks to Drs. Terry and Stu Warner. So that's coming up. Now, following that, a brief break, but not long, and we come back to Chicagoland area for the Health Freedom Expo, October 15th and 16th, Tinley Park Convention Center outside of Chicago, far enough that you should feel good about going there. And, oh, my gosh, is that an amazing event. And speaking of that event, you know, one of our, oh, Brian Hooker's going to be there. Diane Miller's going to be there. Morley Robbins is going to be there. Tracy Straup. Uh, oh, look, Jonathan Emord, our good buddy, our good pal, who also joins me weekly for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And I've got a major announcement about Jonathan Emord right now. And Super Don, I don't know if you have this website opened up, but I'm going to drop it in there for you to see if you can bring it to the fore. Because this is one of the hugest announcements we've ever made on the Robert Scott Bell show. And we'll talk about it more on Thursday, but I don't want to wait for those of you who know and love Jonathan Emord as a man of an, uh, constitutional integrity. He's announced a committee, a Senate exploratory c- committee. He's being drafted to run for the U S Senate out of Virginia against Tim Kaine. Remember that vice presidential democratic candidate. Everybody knows and loves Tim Kaine. I don't think even Democrats like that guy. And uh, if he raises a, a significant sum, $1 million by the end of March 2023, he will run for the U.S. Senate out of Virginia. Our pal, can you imagine our pal Jonathan Emord being a United States senator along with Senator Rand Paul? Think about that. Super Don, is that wild to consider? That would be crazy. Yeah. So if you... In, in whatever state you live in, it doesn't have to be Virginia, because these things that, you know tend to have, uh, let's say, fundraising throughout the states. If you're interested in hosting a fundraiser for Jonathan Emord's uh, Exploratory Committee or just, just supporting it, we, we're going to have links if they're not already there. But certainly when uh, Jonathan joins us on Thursday, I want to talk more about that. And I will tell you this, if, if your excuse for not supporting him is that you want him on the Robert Scott Bell Show and you don't want him in the Senate, <laughs> or you, you want him... He promises me that if he were actually elected to the Senate, that he would appear with me weekly, even as senator. Can you imagine wow. that? That's that, cool. Yeah. And, and a guy like Jonathan Emord could win. He could definitely win. And so I just wanted to say I'm excited to support his candidacy and endorse him. Of course, you know, he's my uh, one of my best friends as well. And I know him and you all know him from all the years that he's been with me on the Robert Scott Bell show. So that's pretty cool. All right, the dystopian vision of the health information police. This is an article from the Brownstone Institute by Laura Powell. And again, in the Brownstone Institute, they are great thinkers there. You can't really do their articles justice because we'd have to do one article per hour or show if we really wanted to go greatly in depth. But this is about Assembly Bill 2098, which if not vetoed by the governor of California, Newsom, It will go into full effect, and he has to veto it, I believe, by the 30th of this month. And basically, the text of the bill is so broad and vague, there's no clear definition of what this bill would do in terms of telling a a doctor, you're in trouble because you spoke misinformation about what? The CDC, the FDA, public health authorities? I want you to think about the Orwellian nature of a bill that would restrict doctors from communicating freely about what they perceive to be correct or incorrect about information, medical or otherwise, coming from government officials, scientific institutions, medical schools, etc. 
and that suddenly now they're going to be threatened with loss of license or at the very least investigation. We know that's been happening already, despite not having Assembly Bill 2098 passed. But when we talk about, let's say, questions about the virus itself, gain-of-function studies, spike proteins, how about contents within the so-called vaccines, the unknown quantities and qualities of each vaccine lot, are they all the same? Have they revealed everything that's in it? These things could subject a doctor just for bringing that up. Hey, mask mandates? Do masks even work? Is there a scientific validation somewhere that say masks actually work to prevent fill in the blanks in the future? Would that be subject to? Clearly, I think, because it's written so broadly and vaguely, whatever the consensus that is being forced down their throats and our throats through media, medical, government complex, it would chill what is left of freedom of speech among the medical community. Now, those of you who have been with me for a long time you recognize that freedom of speech has been under assault, not just because of COVID. For years and years and years, I've been pointing out people who are doctors or non-doctors that are holistically inclined, speaking out about certain things, subjected themselves to persecution and or prosecution by the FDA, the FTC, and even state boards of medicine would go after doctors who practice medicine, I would say above and beyond the standard of care, but they'll say it's outside of the standard of care. That just can't be. And what does that include? Substances that might be actually beneficial for the patient that may or may not carry the same kind of risk that the FDA approved drugs cause, but in fully informed consent situations would provide for a true doctor patient sacred relationship where you'd come together and determine and weigh out the risk, not because of a bureaucrat telling you you could or couldn't or should or shouldn't, but because you're engaged in someone you perceive, believe, has the education and or experience to help you. Even if it's not approved by a governmental agency that I call the Fear and Death Administration. So this would obviously curtail any options for freedom of speech in California for doctors that are licensed there. But I would go further than this. Not only is this bill unconstitutional, it will be proven so even in corrupt courts of law, I believe, should it come to pass. So it's, what a waste of time and energy to do this. But if we want to get past this, like I've been meeting with doctors of all kinds for the last two years plus, we talk about setting up parallel systems that are not engaged in the same system of restriction, limitation, whether it be freedom of speech, freedom of thought or action that fully engages what? Informed consent, innovation in a free market scenario, looking to get outside of the, uh, the clause and the control that they're trying to implement here to a vicious Orwellian extent. Newsom is likely to sign it. Maybe he's already signed it. And certainly, even if he did veto it, the Democrat lefts at this point that have no idea what freedom is anymore would likely override a veto anyway. So it will end up in the courts. But the question is, do you, and I speak to all people of all political persuasions, believe fundamentally in one thing that we could agree on, that freedom of speech is good. And that freedom of speech, the First Amendment was written to protect speech we don't agree with. Not because everybody agrees with it. Who needs protection for that? No one's going to attack it. The very thing that we need is a protection for speech that is unpopular, that that violates consensus groupthink. And that's the thing that is utterly destroyed and decimated by this California bill. It's not liberal anymore. I mean, it's fascistic. It's communistic. It's socialistic. It's collectivist. Nobody has an individual right of thought or consciousness or conscience. 
in a collectivist totalitarian dictatorship or dictatorship for the doctor's sake. So uh, that's it for, is that it for hour one? Oh no, there's a bit of good news as we wrap up hour one real quick. And then we've got Steve Kirsch joining us for the simulcast on brideon.tv. Shout out to Mike Adams, the health ranger and that crew there. And we look forward to having Steve Kirsch on for the first time. Uh, New York, a New York judge has just ruled that the COVID vaccine mandate for New York police department union members is invalid. Apparently says he, you got to bring them back on. You should have never fired them. And I, I, I think that's your moment of duh. Of course it was wrong and invalid to mandate a medical experiment be conducted on people against their will in violation of their, infor- their ability to make an informed decision about what kind of medical procedures they want to engage in or not engage in. So we'll talk about that in a whole lot more in hour two. Uh, and we're uh, counting down 10 seconds till we're joined in the simulcast room uh, at brideon.tv. So stand by for that. Thanks for being here. And uh, remember, it's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, welcome one and all to our Brideon.tv second hour simulcast. Uh, you guys are in store for a very special treat. We've been talking about this guy, Steve Kirsch, for a while, covering a lot of his Substack articles, hoping that, you know you guys would sign up as well to engage on a lot of subjects in a way that you think, well, how come he's not canceled? Is it because he has money? He's been offering a lot of money to people to prove their point about what they claim about COVID and COVID jabs and safety. We're, we're loving it, cheering him on. And it isn't about being in all in agreement one way or another, but it's about engaged, engaging intellectually in fun and unique ways as well. Challenging the consensus, challenging the status quo. And that's a guy that's putting his money where his mouth is when it comes to that as well. Whether you like him or not, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. I tend to like the guy. But we're going to talk about a whole lot of things, including Paul Offit and what he did by rejecting me. Oh, I'm so upset. Well, we really tried to get him on. Stick around for that and evidence of harm after this because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Why not get it, right? If it does give you, even if it's a smaller benefit, is there any reason not to get the booster? I think there, that when you're asking people to get a, a vaccine, I think there has to be clear evidence of benefit. And, and we're not going to have clinical studies, obviously, before this launches. But you'd like to have at least human data, people you know, getting this vaccine. You see a clear and dramatic increase in neutralizing antibodies. And then at least you have a correlate of protection against against BA4, BA5. Because if you don't have that, if there's not clear evidence of benefit, then it's not fair, I think, for, to ask people mm-hmm. to take a risk, no matter how small. The benefit should be clear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Paul Offit, how, how dare CNN put on a rabid anti-vaxxer like Paul Offit? What has gotten into CNN? Maybe they've really changed. So we invited Paul Offit on last week, those of you know, and uh, he replied with two words, no thanks. Within two minutes of receiving the invitation, Super Don's got it right here. Uh, No, thanks. That's it. And we were very kind and acknowledged that we didn't agree with him on a lot of things over the history of uh, his career. But once he got to this and started saying, yeah, eight mice not be like not be enough to convince me to get or promote the shot, the jab. Talking about this and a whole lot more. Our new friend, Steve Kirsch from his Substack and a whole history that maybe you're not aware of, but we're going to learn about today. Steve Kirsch, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. 
I, I, I love that clip, by the way. I'm, I'm taking a screenshot of it right now. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Take it and run with it because it's, it's a stunning, I would say, transition from a man that I have not had a lot of respect for uh, over the years and his stance that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, meet a child that he didn't want to vaccinate with maybe 50 vaccines at once. I don't know the things that he said over the years. It didn't seem to be uh, a man that really was concerned about safety. And I realize those were different kinds of vaccines than mRNA injections. But at the same point that he said what he did about this jab or the upcoming jabs, I'm like, that's reasonable. I can talk to somebody like about that. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's actually telling the truth. Uh, it's a refreshing change. Uh, and he's not taking he's walking the talk. He's he's definitely not getting the most recent booster. And he's on the committee. He sees all the data. He yeah. understands all this. So if Paul Offit isn't getting the vaccine, why should you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's also the, you know, I'm playing it up on CNN that they actually had an anti-vaxxer on, but you actually did a substack about him calling him now one of the world's biggest anti-vaxxers for actually saying what? Something reasonable about the science or lack thereof in ter- determining safety, much less efficacy. Yeah. I mean, eight yeah, the the Pfizer vaccine, the combined vaccine, was tested on eight mice, and then they challenged these mice with Omicron to see if they would be immune to Omicron, and all eight mice got Omicron. So it's a hundred percent unsuccessful. It has zero efficacy. Mm-hmm. Zero efficacy in preventing disease. So everyone should get it, right? I mean, that's what the CDC says, but Paul Offit isn't getting it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's allowed to, at at least right now, he's allowed to say no. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows what will happen in a year from now when he'll be, be required uh, to do it, or maybe he'll go to jail. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is just so out of hand. Well, consider, Steve, if he were a, a practicing physician in California after this bill passes that obviously he maybe already had uh, that restricts freedom of speech for doctors for uh, violations of misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation, again, so broadly and vaguely worded that nobody can determine what it is until it happens. And even then, uh, then you're right. He could be in big trouble or like any physician and why the physicians groups haven't gotten together in mass and said, this is an outrage. We got to push back on the licensing boards. This one group at the center of all of this encouraging all licensing boards to investigate doctors who question CDC or uh, medical consensus of any kind. Yeah. Well, you know, you need a big enough critical mass and they all have to come out at the same time. Otherwise the medical boards will go after those doctors who speak out first and crush them. And, you know, it's like, how do you keep people in line in Russia? Uh, For example, when you want to recruit another 300,000 troops and send them to their death in uh, the Ukraine. Well, you take the 2,000 or 3,000 or 10,000 people who protested and you put them in jail. And, you know, that's essentially what we're doing here. So, you know, think about what they're doing in Russia and effectively they're doing the same thing here. If thousands of doctors speak out, they will go after all of their medical licenses for any doctor that speaks out. So they have to go and speak out as a whole. They have to go and coordinate and have tens of thousands 
or hundreds of thousands, because you know, there are a million doctors, about a million doctors in the United States. So you're going to need hundreds of thousands of doctors to all speak out at the same time. Hmm. Hard to coordinate. So yeah. it maintains the status quo, which is stay silent mm -hmm. and keep your job. You Isn't it clear? I mean, fear is the controlling factor. How it's applied, you know, is different for each group. If you have a vulnerability, doctor's vulnerability is that they're licensed by the state and that licensing board uh, often not made up of doctors per se, but those that are easily controlled and manipulated into doing things that I believe not only harm good doctors, but of course the patients that would seek them out because they, I argue that in most cases they go above and beyond standard of care. That's not very well defined at all when they step and say, you know what, I've got a system here that's helping people. Oh, have you heard of ivermectin? Have you heard of hydroxychloroquine? Have you heard? Of, oh, it's like, Oh my gosh, we got to stop this. And yet there are doctors and some groups coming together, like the American Frontline Doctors Group that came out of this, as well as uh, the AAPS, uh, which has been a group, outspoken group of docs for decades now because they took no pharmaceutical money or support for their uh, their newsletter or, or, or journal. So there are folks that have, but they've also witnessed in their time the persecution, if not prosecution, certainly denigration or ad hominem attacks because they have a view that's different. But it never rose to this level of, we will jail you, not just make you lose your license if you violate whatever our definition of uh, consensus science is. Yeah, I mean, I, I just finished interviewing Dr. Paul Merrick, and he is a specialist in essentially intensive care, ICU medicine. He is arguably the most published guy in his field of critical care medicine, the most published guy in critical care medicine. And Peter McCullough, same deal in cardiology. These guys, I mean, in, in, in Paul's case, he took the vaccine because he would trust it, the CDC and the FDA. So he took it. And then he started hearing evidence and the evidence came out and out and out. And eventually he said, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> you know, I was trained to trust all of these authorities, but the evidence <laughs> in plain sight shows that they're lying. And so he shifted his position. He went from pro-vaccine pro for his entire life to now he is anti, mm -hmm. he, is, he is advising uh, any of his patients I mean, you can't practice medicine anymore because they've they've stripped him of that. Right. But he'll, he'll advise anybody who asks, don't get the vaccine. And I asked him, well, you know, before you said the vaccines were okay, and now you're saying they're not. So are you sure you got it right this time, Paul? And he said, yeah, because I looked at the data this time. Mm -hmm. And before, I was doing it all based on trust. So the difference here is that he's looked at the data and it took him months to convince himself that, oh my gosh, everything I believed uh, is not true. Yeah. Isn't that the risk of just trust the science? Because that's also been a mantra, trust the science, follow the science. And you find out even the docs who could or should know better. I mean, they have an intelligence level and a dedication to education to get them through medical school, become you know active in their field. And yet, you know, I've been a 
I won't say a thorn in their side, just in media, but I've called out. I'm embarrassed for many doctors and scientists who just went along with this. And I thought you, you of all, I'm a homeopath. What are you, you, you denigrate me for doing homeopathy. You don't like what I do, but I'm pointing out to you, look, it's right here. And so I'm embarrassed at the same time. Now you say, and I acknowledge too, many of them had to go through this to finally kind of be wake, woken from either their slumber or stupor, or maybe fear as well. Sometimes that fear can overwhelm you to the point where you wake up from that and go, I don't care anymore. You can take my license. I cannot condone it. I cannot do it. I cannot live in good conscience. And that's also part of this awakening that we're witnessing, not only among doctors, but among nurses and, and people from all backgrounds that, as I said, we've come together like never before, working together, cooperating and talking about what works, what doesn't in a pragmatic, practical fashion and not relying on the follow the science, trust the science, because I think the science is happening in the practices that are succeeding and trying to communicate that success. Yeah. And, you know, the sad thing is that there are, are a lot of people who are still believers that all of these interventions are safe and effective. So, for example, at the CDC, I'd say pretty much 100% of those people are believers in the narrative. Same for the employees of the vaccine companies, Moderna and Pfizer. They're all like believing this stuff that they're doing, a, they're creating a benefit to society. And they honestly believe that. And there are lots of physicians who look at the data. Well, they don't look at the data. They, they see the data, but they don't uh, mentally compute, think about it. They basically ignore it. They be, Their reasoning is that they're told, in me, they're trained in medical school to always trust authority. CDC is always right. The FDA is always right. They have too many experts. They can never be wrong. And the second thing is they've, they've been trained phase three clinical double-blind randomized trials. Those things are the gold standard. And anything else is just anecdotal evidence. And you should ignore all those things because there'll be conflicts and they'll conflict with the... But the, Steve, we, we could program monkeys to believe that, right? And that's the point of, I think, the vulnerability of all humanity, including the most intelligent among us, that we are a highly programmable species. We, we are easy to you know hypnotize into a certain belief system until yeah. something br breaks the dissonance, if you will. Now, some people yeah. are driven into dissonance because... To see what we're saying means, my gosh, the faith I put in everything I thought was right is now questioned. And that's almost too much emotionally for many to handle. But life is bringing them to that point, whether we say anything more or not. I think it becomes yeah. more obvious by the day. Yeah, well, so, some are some are still in denial. You know, masks are a perfect example. So masks don't work to prevent the virus. Okay. The WHO, who everybody trusts, says that masks don't work. Now, they said that in a manual, in a BSL-4 manual uh, on laboratory practices saying, hey, <laughs> the mask will not protect you mm -hmm. against getting a virus. If you work in a BSL-4 lab, which is like the highest level, I mean, maybe it's BSL-5, but you know, BSL-4 is way, way up there in terms of the, uh, the dangerous pathogens. They don't say, hey, wear a surgical mask or an N95, he'll be fine. 
No possible way. <laughs> it doesn't say that at all. It says you got to be in these bunny suits and self-contained breathing, the, separate yeah, oxygen. Yeah, yeah, or or a, or a powered air purifying uh, respirator where mm -hmm. it takes the incoming air and filters it and then expels it out. So it's po there's positive yeah. airflow. So positive you, pressure, it, it, yeah. right? And so that's the kind of thing you need to wear in a BSL for lab. Sure, but you point now, that out in California as a physician, you're going to get busted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like you will not want, there's no way you will, will walk into a BSL-4 lab and see people with a cloth mask, a surgical mask, or, you know, I mean, there's no way. Yeah. Look, people who deal with asbestos, they don't even wear this stuff. They're the, the minimum standard for people who deal with asbestos is this powered air purifying respirators full on, full on respirators. That's right. Yeah. And we're talking of things smaller than asbestos particles in terms of what they, they call the viruses or the spike proteins measured in, at, in the nano scale nanometers, 10 nanometers, for instance, small, and there is no fabric that is woven tight, tight enough to stop that. that well, it, to me, it's just yeah, it is, it is. It's, it's like steel. Yeah. Steel will, will stop it. It's a form to your face, but then you can't breathe. Exactly. Yeah. Any mask that works will suffocate you to death. Yeah. <laughs> so there well, you go. It, it will prevent you from getting COVID, right? Because right. you'll you'll die before you get exactly. COVID. I mean, it, it's so silly. And yet you see these people wearing, they're alone in a car, mm -hmm. you know, with the windows rolled up and, and they have a mask on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even if they worked, that makes no sense. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, explain and, that to me. <laughs> and still, I, I ask for compassion for those folks that are lay audience that you see people out there. It's still, it's hard not to think more on when I see that. I honestly, that's my human reaction, but at the same time, I try to be kind. And if I can engage them in conversation to sincere, ask questions, what's going on? Why are you wearing a mask? Sometimes you'll find out they're immunocompromised. They're afraid of an immunocompromised uh, family member. Okay. I, I use that all the time. Yeah. But, but it doesn't the masks don't work? All no. they're, they 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 will only provide psychological benefit. Correct, to you. correct. And if that's if that's what you need, again, I'm not here to prohibit that. We're about freedom here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So, Steve, got to ask your backstory a little bit for those that don't know you. Um, you obviously you have a Substack. We're it's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. But your street cred. I mean, like, how did you get involved? Is this you you've you've been successful in business? It's like, what did you always have an interest in in medicine or science? It's like, what drew you in to do what you're doing now? Even to throw the money that you've earned out to go, hey, let's do some challenges. See if we can get some people come on out and talk about this stuff. Well, um, what what drew me in? Uh, was seeing my friends injured. And I had one friend who had three relatives who died a week after they got the vaccine. And they were perfectly healthy before. And when I heard this story, this was like the first adver adverse event report story I, I heard from someone. Uh, I said, well, that's impossible. These vaccines are safe and effective. And then my friend said, yeah, but they're dead. You know, so I mean, how, how do you respond to something like that? I mean, uh, I put it in the back of my mind thinking like, maybe I'm being pranked. And then a week later, one of my, uh, the vendors who services my house uh, came in and was wearing a mask and I'm giving him a hard time. I said, oh, haven't you been vaccinated? You don't need to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. So I'm like total blue pill. 
you know, I'm just totally believing the narrative. And I think Fauci is, you know, next to God in terms of infectious disease. Mm -hmm. And so he says, well, I got one uh, Pfizer shot and I had a heart attack uh, two minutes after I got the shot, almost died. And he's been in excruciating pain ever since. And the doctors don't know how to treat it. And his wife also got the shot. And she developed Parkinson's-like um, symptoms for months after she got the shot. So this is like, I've never heard of adverse like this, events like this from my friends before. So I start looking at the data and, uh, and discover that eh, these vaccines, all the data seems to support the hypothesis that the vaccines are not safe and they're not effective. And in fact, what I found was that we're killing, we've probably killed somewhere in the order of half a million Americans. Mm -hmm. So the US government is doing an intervention, it's killing half a million Americans and injuring millions of Americans. And in fact, this is borne out by the data. So I talked to my neurologist who says 5% of her patients are vaccine injured. And she's been doing this for in, in her practice for 11 years. She's got 20,000 patients, multi-physician mm -hmm. practice. Never, ever had a report to VAERS before. This year, 1,000 reports. Now, if the vaccines are safe and effective, how can you go from zero for 11 years straight, all 70 vaccines, and now they introduce a new vaccine, and all of a sudden you have to make a thousand reports hmm. of vaccine injured of your uh, neurology patients. Now it could she could be a fluke, but come on, a fluke. No, the, those numbers—that's not a fluke number. No. And, did, you, did it ever occur to you, Steve, as you were uncovering this and deciding to write about it and go public with it, that you would lose friends and make enemies by doing something that I think is of great integrity and importance to do? Well, I thought when. I discovered all of this stuff and I started and I wrote up a 275 page article for trial site news. Uh, it was published in May 25th. I thought people would, would say, Oh my gosh, you know, we should look into this. Hmm. Instead, the uh, 14 members of my scientific advisory board at the, the COVID early treatment fund resigned hmm. within a week after I published that wow. saying that I was a menace mm -hmm. to society and not only that, not only was I a menace, but they never wanted to talk to me ever again. And I pleaded with them. I said, hey, if I've got it wrong, just please tell me mm -hmm. how how did I get it wrong? Like, what did I make a mistake? Is it a sign error? Or like, how did I get it wrong? All the data is, is consistent. It consistently shows that the CDC and FDA are lying. Mm-hmm. If I got it wrong, tell me what, what, what you know how. And I got of course, it wrong. they all rushed to explain exactly where you were no, wrong. They, right? they ignored me. No, ignored you completely. Yeah. Now, I know where you would answer the poll question of the day. It's clear. You know that poll question of the day Superdon put out in the newsletter is: Have you lost friends or family over your differences of opinion on on politics and or COVID? And clearly, that's happening. I, I imagine it's going to be a, a major majority here of yeses. We'll see uh, how that responds. We'll, we'll report on that later in the show. Uh, and. and you know, Steve, there was a, uh, I just did an interview on my Sunday radio broadcast with a, a young filmmaker out of Los Angeles, 
uh, she put together a movie called Anecdotals because she was injured after one shot and she began to find others that were injured. But she's afraid she didn't even tell her family she did this film, even though it's apolitical. It's completely not partisan in any way, shape or form. But she put it out there so that people might might become compassionate again with people who have genuine injuries. And it, I, I think it would be a great you would love to interview her because of where she, what she's done with this film. And I think how important it is. We're going to take a, a quick pause for our friends at Brideon.tv. And we'll continue here at robertscatbell.com with our guest. Uh, just an amazing interview here with Steve Kirsch. I'm enjoying it immensely. I hope you are too. Stick around. A lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. Okay. Theoretically, our friends at Brideon.tv are taking a two and a half minute break, but we can still talk behind the scenes a little bit with our friends that are watching us at robertscabell.com or on a few of the social media sites that haven't banned us yet, Steve. So thanks for your candor as well, sharing your journey. Uh, Was there anything about your, you know, you seem to have an ability to parse data. What about your history or background? Was it in business or something that I missed in your background that led you to be able to see clearly things that seemingly even the experts are not either seeing or wanting to see? I, I have degrees in electrical engineering, computer science from MIT, so learned uh, uh, scientific skills, probability, statistics, all that at MIT. And then I've been funding medical research for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm familiar with clinical trials and randomized clinical trials and so forth. Yeah. So you have back, a background that, that lends itself to a- actually navigate that very well. Uh, Murdoch, our friend Murdoch in the chat room asked... Steve, if you'll ever write for the Brownstone Institute, have you seen some of their articles? They're pretty well thought out. I like them. Uh, yeah. And I just write for my Substack, So, um, so that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Now are, are, are that, you, that seems to work pretty well. Are you able to subsist on what comes in through Substack with, with all of your history? I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, been writers and barely make it to buy and Substack has provided a nice way to get support for their efforts. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I make some, some money off of uh, the Substack and helps to, to pay the bills and helps to, to support uh, the activities uh, that we do. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. We're back in 45 seconds. Super Don, I don't know if they actually took a break. Sometimes they do or don't, but we just kind of chat a little less formally. Not that the whole thing we do is very formal. It's for conversational, but uh, uh, again, I'm enjoying being on with you. So yeah, I'll, I'll connect you as well. If you're of interest to talk to the filmmaker again, she's a, uh, really a bright light. I talked with her this weekend at the U.S. Health Freedom Congress, and uh, we saw her film. It kind of debuted or premiered there. She's not sure how to distribute it or even, you know, she's a little nervous about it because just like you, you suddenly say something, point out here, all we're going to do is share honest to goodness stories. And she says, I'm afraid to tell my story. Can you think about that? You're sharing your story and you're afraid to tell your family about this film that you've just done. This is a great documentary film. Yeah. And so, wow, what does that say? All right, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, uh, on Brideon.tv, our simulcast on Mondays, our second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We are on two hours a day, plus six days a week. RobertScottBell.com. If you text RSB to 22828, text RSB to 22828, you can get the newsletter immediately. You can sign up that way or just come on over to RobertScottBell.com. Our guest this hour, Steve Kirsch, got a great sub stack, and it's been uh, really a refreshing thing to witness more and more folks that have uh, larger, let's say levels of influence attempting to communicate things that they see, even if you lose friends and, and, and you know, make enemies. And I don't know that it was your intent or any of our intent as we communicate the things we do. We, we want to lose friends. We want to make it. No, I don't think so. 
it is we see a wrong. We want to speak out about it. And as you pointed out before the break, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell all the people that say how horrible you are. We don't have anything to do with you. Look, tell me where I'm wrong. I will recant. I will say sorry. Nothing. Yeah, crickets. None of these people. And it's not, you know, at first I thought it was just me that, oh, well, they don't want to talk to me because I'm not a doctor. (laughs) But that's not true. (laughs) I've talked to doctors who find the same thing and then they go to their supervisor and they say, hey, you know, the status says the vaccines are unsafe. And the boss says, hey, take the vaccine. I don't have time to look at the data. So they get a different response. If I had gone, they'd say, I don't want to talk to you. You're a misinformation spreader. You don't know anything about being a doctor. You don't have a medical degree. And and they'll try to uh, gaslight you. Mm-hmm. Um, and But you see, the same thing happens when the doctors go up against the doctors. So there were three doctors in Canada who wanted to debate the medical authorities in Canada. These are highly respected doctors. Mm-hmm. They're published in... Uh, they write articles for Brownstone and, mm-hmm. and other places. And nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, the three of us, and you can bring as many people as you want on your side. You can bring the, an army of people. And it'll just be the three of us, and we'll mm-hmm. have a nice discussion. They, none of them showed up. So it's not about me at all. No, it's yeah. about it's about just being challenged by anybody who actually has looked at the data. That's a that's a problem. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Kim Iverson, she used to be at the Hill and they were going to do an interview with Tony Fauci and Kim wasn't invited. Why would Kim not be invited to a interview with Tony Fauci? And that they kind of communicated that Tony didn't want Kim there Mm -hmm. because Kim would ask questions that aren't scripted. Yeah. And that could be embarrassing. So Kim, who is an honest journalist, quit her job over that. And now she's gone totally independent, but she's still restricted. I called her up and I said, Hey, Kim, can I be on your show? She said, Steve, if you're on my show, I'll be demonetized. I'll be taken off of YouTube and my audience will be decimated. Yeah. So I can't have you on. You're like, yeah. people mention my, my name on Facebook yep. and they get like. Steve, you're on this show because we're already banned on YouTube. And Spotify. So we'll, we won't lose those listeners. In fact, because of all the bands, we've actually, yeah, exactly. We've gained an audience, a bigger audience than we would have. And so the, the, all of the censorship is backfiring on them, even though, yeah, it's less convenient if you're not on YouTube, but there are so many platforms and outlets that we can reach that I don't want to even facilitate the support of those groups that are engaging in censorship. And it it looks like it's more obvious by the, uh, every revelation about the freedom of information act request on, uh, emails going back and forth. Uh, between the uh, social media networks and people within the presidential uh, uh, regime called the Biden regime and others that it's not, uh, you know, private companies deciding what to put on their platforms. It's honestly the direction of the government to say, hey, shut these people down. Many of the disinformation dozen are friends of mine. 
and we know them personally, and they're good people trying to point out things like you're pointing out, and merely doing so means we've got to stop them because free speech really isn't good. It's dangerous, and we've converted completely the political left into anti-free speech activists, ravenous. Yeah, you know, I somehow missed that paper that was published in a peer-reviewed medical journal that said, if you disagree with someone, you need to silence them. You need mm-hmm. to intimidate them. You need to threaten their family. You need to uh, make sure they can't practice medicine and uh, maybe even put them in jail. Now, I haven't seen that study. <laughs> you know, this would be like going to the United Nations. And there are lots of disagreements between people at the United Nations. And the whole point is for people to attend and talk with each other to kind of work things out. Now, can you imagine what would happen if we did the technique that we're using on COVID with people at the United Nations who disagree with us? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, we would censor them. We would ban them from the building so that we would be only hearing an echo chamber of what we believe in. Well, and that echo chamber becomes quite dangerous to our health and life, as we've seen. The echo chamber of safe and effective, safe and effective. It's like we become drones just walking in and opening, you know, bending over, rolling up our sleeves, whatever it is. I don't even know. Just just inject it so I can have my freedom to go to a restaurant, get on an airplane, work, whatever. We see the risk now moving forward with technology in the digital ID realm, Steve. That, to me, is one of the scariest things moving, moving forward. And I've I've warned people about even real ID, which is like digital ID light, uh, where it would lead because the entirety of control over the people, if they control their money, for instance, you suddenly find you don't have access to the money in your bank account or the cards you hold to, to pay for stuff. And it suddenly says, oh, my gosh, your social credit score has dropped. You you talked with Steve Kirsch. <laughs> you're not allowed to use. And boom, you're done. And we saw that in Canada already under Trudeau with those who supported the truckers protest, not just the truckers themselves, anybody who donated that was a Canadian suddenly were locked out of their bank, even before full on digital ideas happened. What would happen if that was fully engaged? I think it's obvious. Yeah, it'd be much more efficient. We could, you know, anybody who reposts anything I wrote Mm -hmm. could have all of their funds confiscated, presumably Mm -hmm. as, as uh, participating in, a crime against uh, humanity. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. Begs the question of, uh, in terms of alternative or parallel options, in terms of a monetary system, you know, what if you are locked in only to Federal Reserve notes and banking and they don't like you for political, religious, or other reasons, uh, I I think people are going to get wind to say, hey, I've got to get out of that system or minimize the risk of being in that system and go somewhere else. And that could, could enshri- usher in a collapse even faster than inflation would collapse the system. Yeah, but then they would make it illegal to use these uh Of course they would, yeah. And the, the question is compliance <laughs> again. We come back to that, don't we? How many of you would comply with the mandatory use of something that is rapidly losing value by the day to the point where you'll be wiping your bottom with the stuff or carrying wheelbarrows full of it to buy a grocery uh, item, for instance. So there's a limit, I think, where the people go, I'm hungry enough that I don't care what you say. I'm going to be like Rosa Parks, and I'm not going to the back of the bus. Yeah, well, some people are doing that, right? Yeah, Paul, no, it's Paul already Merrick, happening. Peter right. McCullough, mm-hmm. Robert Malone, people are speaking out. 
I, I did the same thing. I basically yeah. left a high paying job in, in high tech uh, in order to get a, a zero paying job, uh, you know, writing free articles for Substack. Right. And, uh, and again, that's why I appreciate you so much, not because you're not making a lot of money, but because you're willing to, to do, do it for this. I have to speak out. And as an example to others, look, this is not a time to go silently into the night or else it's over. Speak up, speak out, and also utilize, let's say, every ounce of your being to do what you know deep down is right. And that means reducing the power of the centralized bureaucracies. Because they, they rely on our compliance and, their, and our support. Even our anger and hatred sometimes fuels them. When suddenly you say, you know what? I'm a, I've had enough of you guys. We're going to do it differently. Go ahead and try and stop us. They might try, but if enough of us do it, like our point, your point about doctors, enough of them speak out, it's going to be a lot harder to put thousands of doctors in jail uh, for disagreeing with the narrative, for instance. Right, but no, no, the, the doctors don't even want to take that chance, so. It's hard to to get them to break away from the pack. Yeah, it's you know, a, maybe a, are, they're like sheep. Bad example. Cowardly doctors, not what I'm talking about. But let's say any other individual or group of individuals that have the courage of their convictions to stand up. That's the basis for the American Republic, isn't it? It wasn't everybody. It was a small percentage of irate folks that said, I'm tired of living under the, the rule of the king. We're going a different way. And they were willing to do everything for it. And I think unless we want freedom as bad as we want oxygen when our head is being held underwater, we're going to find an excuse not to do what it takes. Vigilance, di diligence, etc. We have a question coming in or uh, a suggested question from our buddy, Kevin. Please ask Steve if Grace Lee, the ACIP head, has made any public comments since he, you, Steve, visited her at her house to deliver the data on the Israeli study. We have an article here that you wrote about that experience where you were, actually the police were called, I think, and they didn't arrest you. You're like, here, I just wanted to give this information. And what's the follow-up? Is there any follow-up with that? Crickets. Still crickets. Yeah, but yeah. there was an article. See, the Epic Times was interested in seeing the data. Mm -hmm. Why is the Epic Times? The only newspaper wants to see the data. Um, so, so we had a briefing for the Epic Times. We went through mm -hmm. the, the slides with them. They even had it independently translated to, to make sure. And then they wrote a massive story about it. I just wrote a Substack on it. And, but from anyone else, I mean, Ma Martin Kaldorf said he wanted to see the data. Martin used to be on the FDA committee. He used to be on the CDC committee. And he used to be a professor still is, but he's on leave at Harvard University. Now, why would Martin Kaldorf want to see the data? And it's not even his job. And Grace Lee, Grace Lee is responsible. She is the outside person that's supposed to review the safety of these vaccines. She does not want to see the data. Paul Offit doesn't want to see the data. He's not responded to to my emails, he responds to your emails saying, no, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't even get that. What am I chop liver or Steve? Look, you respond to Steve, Paul, come on, get a little response there. But, uh, I, no, I think they, they don't want to see it. And yeah. nobody from the Israeli ministry of health wants to comment on this. Nobody from the CDC wants to comment on this. And none of the scientists who participated in this these discussions with the Ministry of Health mm -hmm. want to speak out about what happened. Now, 
How can that be? We have them on tape where they're presenting this and then they get distorted by the Ministry mm -hmm. of Health. Why wouldn't the scientists, like I get how the Ministry of Health is corrupted, mm -hmm. but the scientists are corrupted too? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. Scientists Fauci, corrupted, governments corrupted, mm -hmm. media, safety media in people. The yeah. Media doesn't want to see it either. Yeah, Fauci, of course, would then deny grants to those who would actually start asking the questions we're asking here, as you know, and that's how the control of so-called science has happened, and it's happened for decades this way. Uh, great comment from our friend Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. Another guy, Steve, you would love to interact with. He's out of uh, the L.A. area uh, talking about compliance. You know, if they were to say, oh, well, now you can't do something. Uh, this is a, a comment from John Dickinson, broadside urging resistance to the Stamp Act of 1765. If you comply with the act, you rivet perpetual chains around your unhappy country. Again, compliance is everything. And we saw what happened in the masking, the mandatory vaccinating, the, the, the soft mandates, et cetera. Compliance is dangerous. Compliance can be deadly. And some would argue, well, if you don't comply, it's dangerous, deadly. Well, okay, choose the danger. Would you choose one that would result in freedom or would you choose one that is automatically going to result in even more tyranny? Well, <laughs> yeah. if you're asking me what I would do, <laughs> I'm not going to comply. Exactly. Like any uh, opportunity not to comply with them, these mask mandates is like, hey, if you or your store requires a mask mandate, no problem. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. Or monetary mandates. Name the mandate. We're not into mandates here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I know. Call us like radical, extreme, but we don't like mandates. Man, you guys I are know. so radical and extreme. I tell you what, it's amazing that you're appearing on this show, Steve. This could risk your reputation. Yeah. Well, it's already, it, it's, it's I don't know done. how it could be, you know, Wikipedia thinks I'm like uh, the uh, devil incarnate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good sign too. Yeah, yeah. Wikipedia has been controlled for so many years. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. I, I should do a search devil incarnate and say, and see if it says, uh, you know, also see Steve Kirsch or also <laughs> see Robert Malone or also see Peter McCullough or also see Brett Weinstein or mm. also see Jay Bhattacharya, you know. Just incredible. You also uh, wrote a Substack article recently. Uh, you had asked the CDC to answer a few easy questions. And you said you had filled out this official media request form on the website and you wrote out exactly what you wrote. A re I think a very reasonable request. And wouldn't they, aren't they required by law at least to respond and acknowledge that you, you sent in something like this? Apparently not. Let me bring up my email real quick and let me just Super Don, show that picture. There you go. So this is the article. It's up on screen now. Formally asking the CDC to answer some questions. You can scroll down and see the questions. They're numbered for easy access. You know, in case the bureaucrats say it's too complicated, Steve, we can't figure out what you're asking. Ten questions, numbered. And you got... Thank you for your meter request. No, press I got nothing. Nothing? Zero. Zip. Nada. I mean, it, it was an automated reply that, that acknowledged you submitted it. That's no. It. Yeah, no? That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's thanks for submitting after you hit the button. Yeah. So thanks for submitting. But nothing. They said they would contact you according to the automated response, but nothing. Yeah, but they didn't say when. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Could be in hell. Yeah. No. <laughs> could be Could be 20 years from now. Right. Could be 75 years from now, right? When, when the Pfizer report is done. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like, yeah, after the, um, we'll see if, the, you know, they're trying to get this, the, you know, they try to get the Pfizer 
uh, data dump to happen over what 75 years, something like that. Right, right, yeah, stunning. I, I think about the these so-called revered institutions. <clears throat> I grew up in a medical family. I'm a kind of a science nerd myself. I was on a a track. I studied microbiology at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. I've done some cool things. And then I, I went into homeopathy. Oh, what happened, Robert? Well, it turned out modern medicine was killing me, and I found a way out of that mess. And I'm alive and well, healthier than I've ever been in my 50s. So that's my journey. That's my story. It might contravene the narrative that natural medicine is not real and doesn't work. Well, it worked for me, and it's worked for many. But the question is the, about those revered institutions that deny my experience, reality, and say that's not possible what happened. It's just magic or something or yeah. spontaneous. Over many years of work, it was spontaneous. Yeah, it could be. Uh, we get the uh, revered institutions again scenario. We we're at a challenge point or inflection point where you know, as you said, trust in institutions is fallen. Trust in media, trust in government. Yet one of the things about that free speech anti-free speech law in California is that even if you say something that causes people to question the government or be suspicious of government, that that could be tantamount to a crime that we will come after you for, which is like, wow, the whole basis for America was not trusting in government, was to keep it in a constitutional cage so it couldn't do the things government always does. And so all of these institutions, the, the people in medicine, like Peter McCullough, who I befriended over the time we've been going through this, and he knows we're radically different in a sense because our education is, even though there's a similarity at the start, where I went down homeopathy and nutrition, he went down a different thing, and we're on the stage together, and he's like, keep saying, tell me, tell us about this mineral, because he wasn't trained in it. That's awesome. That's where we go. I know my lane. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And I want to hear from McCullough on certain things I don't know. And we got along famously. And, and that, w that spirit of cooperation is, is posing a great danger to these revered institutions that have kept us isolated artificially, fearing one another, you know, and we're at a point where maybe the people go, I don't want any more of that. I want to get together and connect with people and let's go a different route. Yeah. Well, certainly there's been a lot of, uh, lack of, uh, engagement on the other side. We've been reaching out for uh, since the very beginning to the other side, that there's no, nobody no home. Nobody's there's, home. There's nobody answering the door, Bill, except the Palo Alto police when I try to knock on Grace. Oh yeah, door. right. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, have you made a lot of new friends though? I mean, let's look at the positive of what you've yeah. engaged in. Yeah. Close to a million new friends. Yeah, exactly. And I, th I, I think that's an encouraging sign for those that haven't realized that you find out who your real friends are, who your new family, whether they're blood or not, are in the in you know by coming out and speaking the truth. I think people do crave authenticity. Now, some are frightened by it because of other power plays and things, but the people that I've met over the time, in addition to those that I've known because I've spoken out about these things for decades now, but it's actually expanded our friend group or friend groups to a, a great place where, you know, these people that you're now friended with are not afraid. They're not operating in fear or else they wouldn't speak out and wouldn't be your friend. So I think there's a good thing happening here. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, for me, I think it's beneficial. Um, I feel like my eyes are now open to the possibility that they might be wrong. And I'm also more up, um, uh, open to the possibility that I could be wrong too, yeah. but that's good. Oh, it, well, I think it's a great place where human relationships can start, not from arrogance, but from integrity. Right. Right. I mean, look, if the other side had, had the same attitude, like, Hey, I'm open to being wrong and, 
you know, let's, let's look at the, the data and try to explain it. And let's, you know, for me, it was like, I looked at the hundreds of pieces of data mm-hmm. and I put, put them in a bucket. They either went in the safe and effective bucket or they went into the not safe and effective bucket. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy, right? You either go one or the other. And for everything, it's pretty obvious where they go. And, you know, I'm just getting this, you know, huge pile on the uh, not safe and effective bucket. And you know, nobody can explain that. Has it caused you, like many, to question even the things before COVID? Like, yeah. I just had faith in that maybe now, who could it be? I was lied to about that, too. Yeah, well, you know, I saw an article about, hey, did they fake the World Trade Center collapse? Mm-hmm. You know, for like World Trade Center uh, building. Not that they fake it, but I mean, was there a whole other Was cause, there a different, right? yeah, 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 diff- yeah, different cause, right? Was, yeah. it, was it a controlled de- demo because the mm-hmm. building came down so fast? Yeah. And so you begin to open up to the possibility because, yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go and, and latch on to every uh, alternate story for what has happened. It just means that you're more going to be more likely to be receptive to listening to the possibility that you could have been lied to. Yeah, and I think that the engagement with folks that have different beliefs that we would automatically dismiss because it's just so far out of it doesn't mean we dismiss critical thinking. I think that we begin to engage critical thinking when we don't dismiss out of hand everything that sounds a little bit out of the ordinary or a lot yeah. out of the ordinary. That That's we right. must at least take, a, a, let's say, a look at it and go, let's check under the hood. Is there anything that I can latch onto to go, oh, pull that string and thread and it'll actually lead somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So what else, we got a few minutes, and I, I've thoroughly enjoyed our, our discussion for the first time here uh, with you, Steve. Um, looking forward, you know, you've been successful in business. You've got a scientific a- background acumen as well, and you're, you've been harmed economically, I could say this, by speaking the truth. You, you don't have that free flow of, here's what I was earning and all of that. Do you, or are you thinking about innovative, creative, entrepreneurial ways to see what's happening and maybe create something anew that could be successful despite the fact that you spoke the truth. Uh, creating something new as in what kind of thing? What? Well, let's say uh, in your own personal life as you know, uh, someone who's been successful in business and economics and whatever you've done to say, all right, I've been harmed in this way and likely I can't engage in what I know in the same way and have that same benefit. Are there things that you're thinking about in terms of, well, a new economy that doesn't value what I know because I simply spoke in a certain direction? Something else moving forward for you? Uh I'm trying to work within the current system and just expose this and all my energies are directed that way. I think that, you know, uh, leaving society and saying, well, this is so messed up. I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, we got to fix this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fundamentally the problem is that the people in, in charge, they listen to the wrong people. Mm -hmm. They should have been censoring the people that they're listening to and listening to the people that they're censoring. If they had just done that one thing, it just reversed mm-hmm. the groups. Uh, we wouldn't have had any censorship, first of all, mm-hmm. and we would have had we would have told people, "Hey, here are three early treatment protocols. Pick one, and they're all and they were tested against ten thousand patients and no side effects uh, or very few side effects, no long term COVID, yeah, no hospitalization." And no death. And, you know, pick one. We don't do that. No, we don't. Steve, if I were to posit that we'd be better moving forward in the spirit of freedom and not a medical monopoly, 
to open up healing to all various forms of medicine, not just allopathic pharmaceutical FDA approved medicine, but that we would encourage a marketplace where homeopaths and herbalists and naturopaths and chiropractors and, you know, er, all of these folks could work together with doctors as it's happening organically behind the scenes. It's, you know, I know that for a fact, but that we would be better off in innovating within a freedom setting or scenario economically than one that is monopolized by one school of thought only. Yeah. Monopolies can be very beneficial and monopolies can be extremely dangerous. And they were going, the United States wanted to cede control over future pandemics to the WHO. (laughs) That's insane. The WHO has been like, like none of us look at the WHO and say, wow, these guys got it right. <laughs> they are stiffs. They have their acts so together. Yes. You know, if only we had been under their control. The w- yeah. yeah. I mean, the W yeah, the WHO. I mean, these guys are promoting the vaccines. Hello. Much like Rochelle Walensky at CDC saying, look, I know we got it wrong, but we promised to do better. We're going to shift the culture. Just send us more money and give us more power. It'll be great. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> Steve Kirsch. Uh, what a joy to hang out with you and have a, a nice conversation. Uh, anything we do to help you on this end in media, let me know. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch you in your writings. There's some other controversial things we didn't get to today, of course, but in the short span of one interview, uh, I thank you for being game to just kind of chat about anything. We didn't give sure. you any preconceived notions about what we would cover. <laughs> so thank you. Got nothing to hide. No, dude. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So check out a Substack. sign up. We got a bonus round coming up in about 60 seconds. For those of you who want to stick around, those of you on TV, come on over to robertscottbell.com. Why? Simply because the power to heal is yours. Okay, Super D, how's that for a Monday show? I think it went flawlessly on our Brighty on Dot. That was one of the better interviews we've done in quite a while. That was that was really good. Perfect sound, perfect video. Yeah, I always kind of have to hold my breath on Mondays, you know. But no, yeah. no, today, yeah, today was was uh, was one of those days. It just everything clicked. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know yeah, we've been talking about getting Steve Kirsch on the show for like a really long time. That was just yeah. like. Hit a home run. Yeah, I, if given more time, one of the things he said at the end, there, I would ask him about. <clears throat> there's really good things about monopolies, and uh, I'm like, I know I, I knew you were going <laughs> to. I knew you were going to catch on to that. Limited time, but hey, what the heck? Yep. <clears throat> it isn't about 100% agreement with folks. It's about engaging and discussing, and where you find alignment. I think it's more fun to engage there, but even the differences are kind of cool in discussion. You kind of get yeah. the nuances of arguments or thoughts in that regard. So. Let's see what is going on now. Good, good activity in the chat room. Seems like everybody uh, enjoyed our discussion. What I have, I think I, do I have an herbal throat spray. I'm getting scratchy. Herbal throat spray. Yeah, ah, 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 that's better. Oof. What else? Uh, mm, there's so much I want to talk about, but it's only Monday. I don't want to throw everything out there. Well, let's Monday. let's end the end. Uh, uh, Put a period at the end of the sentence here on this okay. particular topic that's been kind of the theme of the show. Yeah. The poll of the day. Have you lost friends or family over your difference of opinions on politics and or COVID? Yeah. So what's your guess here? Dominant yes. Dominant yes. That's yeah. that's pretty dominant. 67% to 24. 
or five twenty four percent, sixty seven percent of the uh, subscribers to the newsletter. Not sure. Now I understand my mom put not sure in there, and the reason yeah. is she doesn't interact with a whole lot of folks, so she doesn't know if she's lost any friends or, or family over that. Well, ah, okay, all right, oh, fair enough. <clears throat> but I mean, that's there a might big be chunk of on social media. That's true, but are that's they your a friends? Big, really? That's a big chunk of people. Sixty seven percent. And it's unfortunate, but it's a you know it's a symptom of a bigger problem, and uh, that you addressed there in the beginning, where you were able to m- maybe see a solution to that problem yeah. uh, based on what it was that you experienced at the Health Freedom Congress, and also, you know, there, I, I've mentioned this a couple times. I haven't I haven't gone to one of the meetings yet, but yeah. there is a a national group called uh, Braver Angels mm-hmm. that takes people uh, from both sides of the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we're just, you know, politics. Uh, and it, it matches them up with people that they don't agree with and then sits them down and helps them have dialogue where they can discuss with each other about where they stand on things, but then dis- That's cool. you know, lis- listen to the other side mm-hmm. so that you actually hear what they have to say and then find common ground what and then be able to. to do that, though? What does it take? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, think it, about it. For the person that not normally engaging on these level of discussions, it takes patience because yeah. you got to actually allow a person to speak when you want to immediately jump in. And right. go, but, but but really letting them to go, letting them go deep, and rather than jumping in with your own perspective on it, ask them more questions about it. Ask them more. Que- it takes it's effort, it's time, all the right. things that a lot of people feel that they don't have, and, and you know it's work. It's a little bit of work, but with an attitude shift, and I'll say this: like for me. It is in my nature to be curious about people and what makes them tick. So for me, it's a fascinating journey. For others that may not be as solid in their beliefs to be exposed to beliefs and the reasons for those beliefs that are not different than theirs might call their beliefs into question. Now, if you're solid about your belief in principle, you're not going to be rattled by somebody disagreeing with you. But I think you'll be made better because you understand the reason why someone believes what they believe as opposed to, you know, thinking you know. It's different. It is really different. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. No, oh, good show today. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, did you did you send Steve the emails so he has them? I did. I in fact I sent. I just I get, I'm guessing he didn't get it yet. Okay. I sent it before the show. I, and I'd love to send him the uh, uh, anecdotal's movie uh, link that we had on yesterday. Right. On Sunday's show, and maybe he'd interview her. I'm thinking about all the people that would be cool for him to interview too. Expose his audience, people from our audience mm-hmm. that he might engage with. That could be interesting. Yep. Yeah. All right. So Jay, Jay's comment in the chat room. I'm the only one that I know of in my family that hasn't gotten any of the jabs. I haven't lost any family members over it, as they say it is my decision. The ones that live in the same city here, I live. I don't see as often or get invited to get togethers, parties, et cetera, which is fine with me as I have my health. So there has been some limitation on a local level for invitations, perhaps those that haven't been jabbed or believe differently. It's like a shunning taking yeah. place. There, a little bit yeah. of shun, shun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shun show. As we said, shun show. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to David Wolf, David avocado. Wolf. He retweeted our, show link today in twitter oh, cool. thank you i love it when david does that we got to get david back on i love david. yeah i was just gonna say yeah. it's been mr avocado quite, he's awesome quite a while since we've had him on mm-hmm. 
good folks. I, it's like there's too many good folks. I can't interview everybody, but I try. <laughs> well, shout out to uh, our, our friend Kevin Tuttle for yeah. uh, making the connection on a lot of those good folks that we probably never would have had on the show had it not been for him. Mm-hmm. He is the man. So Leslie is going to miss the AMA because she had a previous obligation on Thursday. That, and Leslie, I'm so sorry about that because we love, of you know, having you in there. Uh, but we double booked and I had no idea. I blame Super Don because I'm not supposed to yeah. know what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, it, is, it is technically my fault because there was uh, the webinar coming up and just for whatever reason, I, I did not manage to get it on the calendar. Yeah. It slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Christine says I can go to Canada after October 1st. Is that true? What, you can? Yeah. Do they, are they testing? Oh, they're they yeah, they're dropping the uh, the restrictions. Really? So you don't have the to get COVID jabbed or tested? Yeah. To go to Canada. All Correct. Right. Yeah. Look, I love our friends in Canada. I have some great friends there. And we've had great journeys up there with uh, the Total Health Show every year in Toronto for a number of years. So I'd be excited if we can get back up to Canada. Uh, no, I, I think I might be more controversial than I already was, but then there are a lot of fed up Canadians too that are not like all other Canadians because Canadians, as we say, are nice. They're so nice. But <laughs> Trudeau as prime minister is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. Trudeau's Canada is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. You cannot be nice to people who want to control you and own you and mandate you and prohibit you. They don't respond well to niceness. As much as I love being nice and I love nice Canadians, it, niceness is not going to win this thing at this point. And I'm not saying don't be loving and, and unconditional in your love, but I'm talking about how you let them know you're serious about, uh-uh, we don't appreciate you telling us what to do. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So. And there are people in Canada that are, are ready to... Uh... Join the U.S.? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there there literally is a movement in hey, we Canada. we got our problems here, too, y'all. They want to make Alberta the 51st yeah. state. Right. Yeah, we've talked about that. Nope. Yeah. All right, let's okay. see. Okay. So, um, just another reminder that we do have the webinar coming up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Right? Wednesday. Thursday. The webinar the is Wednesday. Wednesday the 28th. The Thursday is our AMA. It's the AMA. And so, I hope yes. somebody can show up because, again, we screwed up on the date, but it'll be, it'll be there. And the Zoom will be there. You have found a way that you can put up our Zoom videos, right? Have you put them all up that you had? I've gotten a big chunk of them done. Okay. I think there's still a few more that I have not been able to, that I have not done, what but I've got. What did you decide to do? Do you put it up on Rumble or Batar's place, or where is it going? On Batar's thing, it's called Crowdview, I think. Okay. Um... And you can list it privately there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. In fact, I'll show you what it looks like. Have you seen it? Seen what it looks like? I have not. Well, let's all take a look at okay. what the platform looks like. Um, the I guess Batar created. Uh, oh, look at that. All right. Let's see here. Let me get this on the right size here. Reset. There we go. See, the, the, we like Brideon, but I don't think you can you can set up a private. Uh, a you can't. You can't do an unlisted video. Um, yeah. Which is kind. Of, I mean, it's kind of important for what it is that we're doing. So let's see. I'm gonna let me log in here. 
I'm going to log in while you stare at me. Why? We won't want to see your, your, your now we can see your uh, keystrokes and know the password. Hey. Oh, it's hidden behind the microphone of your fingers, so we don't know what you're hit. Doobie-doobie-doo. Just taking a minute. There we go. All right. So, yes, please stare. Let's go to our page. Mm -hmm. Now I'll go over here to there. So, as you can see... Look at the AMAs are there. I got a bunch of them up there over the weekend. Um, and there's some other ones here, the interviews that we did and stuff with um, other people and stuff. So, I'm working on it. Did you put up the uh, Sweet Caroline thing on that? That one? actually I did on Vimeo because we've oh. also got an account on Vimeo. Okay. Um, but I have a limited uh, amount of space that I can work with on Vimeo. Gotcha. So I'm selective on. So we we have we have a presence like on various places. We we have Rumble, mm -hmm. and we do have a uh, a YouTube page again. Well, that's not possible. It is possible, but I'm I'm being very careful with 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 it and yeah. kind of see what what we can do with it. But um, in any case, yeah, well, we're all know, what, over the place, man. One of the things I was talking to. Remember, we had uh, <clears throat> Doctor uh, Leland, the young doctor, uh, we had on Friday's show. What live from the U.S. Health Freedom Congress? He's from an American Frontline Doctors. Yeah, Leland, uh, great guy, and he's yeah, obviously he's what in his 30s, so he knows social media. And he's like, dude, I got some gal that's like taking little snippets of the things I do and puts them out on social media. You know, like you've talked about, little minute, two minute things. And mm -hmm. it just goes crazy viral. But we don't oh, have yeah. No, we, we're, we're on, we are, I know. Leland Stillman. Yes, thank you, Christy. People, yeah. you know, there's some controversy about things like TikTok and stuff like that. And I am, we have but, a TikTok but account. And we are I don't there. know if there's an intern willing to do that. For the Robert Scott Bell Dude, there's show so much we could be doing. So much we could be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I mean, if anybody, I'll just put it again. I know I've I've said this before, but uh, you know, if there's there's anybody out there, you know, that is like that has the time, the the, the you know, because it, it, time is the commodity here, right? Mm -hmm. You have so much time. I have so much time. Time. Not everybody has time. Um, and you know, if you have an interest in learning how to do this sort of thing, yeah, I'd be more than happy to share that knowledge with you and we could work together. Um, and it would benefit you because you get to learn, you get to be a part of the Robert Scott Bell show and it would benefit us because then we could move into areas that we just don't have the time to get into right now. Yeah. So in any case, um, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. We're figuring it out. <laughs> uh, Leslie says, uh, you're the man to talk to about podcasts. I'll need to schedule a phone call with you. Leslie, it's going to cost you some kind of organic vegan pie. I'm just saying before I let you have access to Super Don. Just Wait saying. a minute. Wait what? a minute. She's going to send you the pie? To have access to you? Isn't that how it works? What? I'll send you a slice. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay send it to super don never mind he heard that i didn't think he was listening <laughs> all right i tried i tried okay she doesn't want to talk to me she wants to talk to you nice try oh look she says i was going to ask him what he wanted yeah to there you go right. you don't have to make me a pie it's fine yes she, yes she does 
Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So what do we got coming on this? Uh, going this on week? this week? Let's yeah. Take let's a look. take a look. Ooh, looks like we got Kristen Chevrier and Brian Dressen tomorrow. Going to talk about the Your Health Freedom Utah event that I can't go to because I'm going to be in Florida. But I would love for those who are out west to join Kristen at that event. Brianne uh, Dressen is an interesting uh, woman, nice woman. She I interviewed her for the documentary that's being uh, filmed, or it's already it's being edited now because she's been injured by the jab. And she was full-on pro-jab, pro-vaccine. And uh, just, again, a nice lady, but uh, you know, also concerned because she's lost friends over simply acknowledging that she got injured so it'll be interesting to talk with her on the show tomorrow and uh, let's see uh let's see that's the only oh steven hotsey is it hotz health and wellness center yeah no i've seen this guy um he actually has a show on brighteon tv he's um he's a physician he's a a patriot he's a Best-selling author, wellness expert, and yep. so he will be on tomorrow in the first hour. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Then on Wednesday, mm-hmm. is Wednesday the day you're doing the Weiner Wellness Week? Yes, at 10 a.m., uh, well, let's see, Mountain, 9 a.m. your time, so that means noon Eastern time. And that'll be, I believe, they've. I think... I know it's on their on their Facebook page. It may be on YouTube, too, as well. I'm not, yeah. I'm not positive. I think they they broadcast on YouTube as well. So if you can't you get enough. Uh, you can we'll definitely get it on uh, on the, on their Facebook page. Then we've got uh, in hour one Todd Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Todd Smith. No information. Uh, maybe no, somewhere. Todd I don't Smith. know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, Cardio Miracle Jones. Webinar. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> John Smith. Why not John Smith? And then, uh, let's see, the 29th, which is the day of our AMA after the show. Um, let's see, L. Russ, it looks like, is there. And then we have the AMA. And then I've got to be on Al Foreman's radio show on Friday morning, 9 a.m., which is noon, I think, Eastern time. Out of Florida, he's got a, a health food store down there in the Florida. Uh, Al Forman's radio show. I show it at eleven Eastern, nine a.m. your time. Ah, okay, all right, eleven yeah. Eastern. Thanks. Yeah. And then let's see what else we got. Patty, oh, Patty, Pay Kenobi. Patty Kenobi. Yes. yes. You guys will Trinity recognize school. her. She mm-hmm. is one of the Trinity School of Natural Health uh, videos, the testimonials that mm-hmm. we play on a rotation in the show. Yeah. Um, and so we will actually have her live on the show. I kind of feel like we know her already. Yeah. Um, to talk about the latest, uh, her story, mm-hmm. her experience with Trinity and, and what's going on with Trinity School of Natural Health. Yeah. So, Super D, uh, is there a way that we can take the press release on Jonathan Emord's announcement and put it on our website? Yeah. If, if you missed earlier in the show... Uh, Jonathan E. Moore has just announced a U.S. Senate Exploratory Committee in Virginia. Can you imagine Senator Jonathan E. Moore from Virginia alongside Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky? Wouldn't that be cool to have another constitutional uh, guy in there? I, I mean, you've heard Jonathan for years on this show. He's not a guy that can be bought. And I don't mean that. He can't be bought easily. He can't be bought. A man of high integrity and principle. You don't have to always agree with him, but you know where he stands, and he's not a guy that can be bought. Nope. 
Uh, so if you'd like to support his efforts to run for Senate, he's, this is the exploratory committee. If he raises a million, and this, it could be from any state of the nation, if between now and March of 2023, I understand it. That will be the, 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 the clinching moment. If he gets it, he says he's running. If he doesn't, he's, he told everybody, not running, there's not enough support. Because you know what it would take to do that. Uh, so how cool is that? And uh, folks, you know Jonathan. I know everybody's going to support him here for the most part. Well, I know one guy from Hawaii who doesn't listen anymore. But <laughs> One guy from Hawaii? That, yeah, he won't listen. So he's not going to support Jonathan. Because, I know those, those because we have guys. Jonathan Emord on the show? Yeah, you know. Jeez. He thinks everything should be socialist. So doesn't it's not congruent with uh, that hour. Well, any hour really technically. I'm not into socialism, but um, no, there you go. Other you. than that, yeah. Awesome. All right, any other announcements? Upcoming events. We did that. Thank yous, Nutritional Frontiers. Leslie oh, wants I, to know what my favorite cookie is. Oh. Is it a snickerdoodle? So big and organic, gluten-free rendition, rendition of any, of any cookie, cookie I love. Huh? Yeah. I went mm. to an organic, gluten-free restaurant on uh, Sunday morning after the U.S. Health Freedom Congress with my dear friend Shelly, and it was amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's like what Leslie can do. We think gluten-free is all, yeah, cardboard. But if you know how to do it, it can be pretty incredible. Just saying. And Leslie and her daughters know how to do that. So I would say pick your favorite cookie. They'll make it awesome. Are you ready to reveal what that might be? I don't know. You know, I don't need a lot of cookies. And, and I mean, not yeah. more anyway. Um, I've cut way back on the sugar situation. Yeah, you um, should. Oh, speaking of that, you should have seen Ty. I don't know if you noticed in the pictures, Ty Bollinger. Yeah, he's he's ripped now. Now he's always had Is big it? muscles, but he's lost so much weight. Somebody yeah. actually texted me and said, "Is he okay? He's lost a lot of weight." He's like, "Yeah, he had hernia surgery and he changed his mm. diet to you know he's eating like pounds of salad every day." And right. you know, dude, he's dropped a lot of weight, but he looks incredibly fit. It's like if you're not used to seeing him that way. That's like 65 pounds down, I'm telling you. Right. It was like you could see every ripple. I mean, now, if he worked out at my gym, I wouldn't be the only ripped guy. <laughs> He's got a lot of definition now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I like pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. Is there such a thing? But they have to be soft, not hard. But how do you maintain that softness in, in, in transit? Because they don't they get crispy as they sit out? If they're not sealed up, yeah. Well, so you can seal them and keep them soft. So oh, Leslie yeah. might oh, could yeah. do that. Okay. There you go. So there you go. There you've got your end now, Leslie. Now you there know you go. Doing. There you go. Mm -hmm. Those are good. Those are my dad's favorite too. Send them to me by accident. They're yummy. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say, oh, super. But Leslie, yeah, you. I'll uh, yeah. I'll contact. I'll message you on uh, on Facebook. Find out what uh, what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. I actually am going to be, um, I've been talking with uh, our friend Scott Shara as well, who okay. uh, is, is looking at starting a podcast. Okay. Um, and let me just mention this just in case Leslie doesn't know. Please don't send fake meat to Super Don. No fake not, meat? Not, no, no fake meat. Not that you would want it. Not that Leslie would actually do it. I'm just joking. But apparently, this is a story we didn't cover out of Blomberg, Bloomberg, that 
the it's it's tanking the demand for for fake meat is dropping like the horrible not meat that it is they're they're not selling well the they you know they're like people are finally going this stuff is not good it's not clean it's not environmentally friendly and it's expensive you name it there's nothing good about it so I'm not, well, and I'm and it's true because if you remember, I mean, it was there was a very short window there mm-hmm. where it's like everybody was talking about Beyond Meat or Impossible Burgers and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and all of the, you know, the the fast food chains were like, hey, we have Impossible Burgers, we have mm-hmm. even even Kentucky Fried Chicken was was uh, doing some some Beyond Chicken or something. It was you know it was silly. And it did, it was very popular there for a while, and I think you know we were just looking at each other. And a lot of people were looking at each other and going, "What is this? Why would I want to do this?" Yeah. Um, but apparently, it's not doing well now. And part of the reason why is that a lot of people are looking at it as being a part of the woke movement, ah, the wokeness, right? Rebellion you know, against I, wokeness. That's I'm saving the planet. Well, maybe I, oh, it's not woke enough until it's a bug burger. Speaking of saving the planet, did you see? I laughed. I don't know if you noticed on Twitter today. Uh-huh. Uh I tweeted something out, and it was, uh, or I retweeted. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi was doing an interview on something. I don't know what, and she made a statement about how the the future of the planet is at stake. In the upcoming elections. Oh, they're raising the stakes. The planet. Right. The planet? Oh, yeah. Really? I see, I see you really are, are going to try and tell me that if I don't vote Democrat, the planet is doomed? Yeah, of course. They've gone oh. to extremes before. They've <laughs> taken it to the next level. I wonder what the... What is the oh, White you found House? it. You just, you just yeah, retweeted just it, it, or you what liked it. What about the whatever? White House spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre? She's what a train heck? wreck, dude. Dude, that... Who hired yeah. her? She's she horrible. is a train wreck. She's terrible. She's not a. You need a good, a really slick, fast liar, and she can't do it anything well. You know, she's perfect for 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 Biden's uh, White House because she's a gaff machine as much as he is. Yeah. On the stuff that she's saying, she ticks off all the uh, uh, the woke hiring practices, right? Here it is. Yeah. The planet, the democracy, the, the democracy. Fe- the future of our children is on the ballot. Apparently, is an interview she had with uh, George Stephan Snuffleupagus. Yeah, Snuffy. Um, wow. The planet, but I just I saw that this morning. I was just like, "What? This is just stupid." It and and my son and I got into this the conversation because the the drama queens and the drama kings that come out every time there's an election and they act like this is the most important election of our lifetime you know they they get save save the universe pelosi retire the i know gosh you're so non-inclusive what about all the other planets yeah i know look at that she's not woke enough she's gotta work on that anyway all right so I hate is to anybody, break it to you, but it doesn't matter who you vote for. Yeah. You're going to be long gone before the planet even gives a flip about who you're voting for. Okay. Planet doesn't care. Right. So, 
I can't think right now. It's too much. I can't even after that. Save the planet. Save the universe. Pelosi, just retire, please, already. Yep. Save. Anywho. Yeah. Oh, good show today. Thing. Una, yep. great movie. By our new friend, Jennifer, Jennifer Sharp. Sharp. Has anybody, it's on Prime. If anybody does the Prime thing, you can watch it. I would love to hear your reports on it. If you liked it, give it a nice, good review. Every review I've seen is, it's really like more of an, I don't know, I'm saying it like this, an intellectual comedy, but a comedy that is not like Will Ferrell. And I admit, I like Will Ferrell comedies, but it's a, more of a thinking man or woman's comedy. So, and, and she says it's family friendly too, but the kids might not get it because it, it engages you, right? I, I would love to hear what y'all think about that. I'm gonna, I haven't seen it yet. Una, I've got a date night. For, UNA, for Una, like yeah. Spanish, right? Yeah. Una. Great movie. Great movie? Mm-hmm. Is it so great or could, good great. movie? Great movie. Una, think, great movie. Okay. Did you find it or did you search for it? I did not search for it. Oh, okay. Una. Great movie. Movie, as uh, Austin Powers would say. Una great, yeah, it's unagreatmovie.com. Right. So you can rent it if you don't have Prime, apparently. Or I think Prime, you can actually just stream it. So. And actually, it's according to what I'm seeing here. Yeah. You can watch it for free. There is a, uh, if you have a smart TV. Mm-hmm. You know how uh, you can download apps for all kinds of channels and all kinds of stuff like that on your smart TV. And one of them, there's one's called Tubi, T-U-B-I. Mm-hmm. And according to this, on T-U-B-I, Tubi, you can watch it for free. So if you download that onto your uh, your smart TV, you might even be able to watch that on the internet, and I'm not sure. But they do have it uh, available for free on Tubi, it says. Yeah, and, and look, Jen's a smart lady. She is. So I would expect anything she does is going to engage the intellect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not superficial, so I think it's an important thing to to laugh. But it doesn't always have to come. The laughs don't have to come automatic or easy. But er, apparently, everybody that's writing a, a review has really loved it. So I am curious. I'm looking forward to seeing it with my wife to watch it, and I'll let you know. We'll give you a movie review on that. And uh, she's agreed. I talked to her, I texted her to come back for even further discussion because you know I'm genuinely concerned about her. I like her. She's terrific. Uh, she's concerned about her family and friends when they learn about the movie anecdotals, which honestly is not political. It's just sharing her, her story and other stories. And wow, it's just so unfortunate. All these things have become so rife with dirty, ugly, you know, anyway, I've said enough about that. Let's see. John Bush is having a 18.885% off inflation sale. And it expires tonight. So if you got if you like the Brave Botanicals Kratom, take advantage of the discount code Fight Inflation at checkout. Brave Botanicals, Fight Inflation, and you'll get eighteen point eight five percent. But it only works until midnight central time. The twenty what is this? The twenty sixth mm-hmm. of September, twenty twenty two. Just saw that in the email. Thought I'd mention that. And see what else? What else? That's all I got. Okay. So we will be back tomorrow with Dr. Stephen Hotz and Christian Chevrier. Mm-hmm. 
appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I have been given a special request to get this video isolated. Okay. Um, so I will be doing working on that this afternoon and probably put that up on Rumble. Okay. Um, but it is available on the website at least for a week, sometimes longer, a couple weeks. All right. Share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, another controversy, just to wrap this up with uh, Steve Curry. More controversy? I know, I know. Uh, it's about the viral isolation thing, the no virus mm-hmm. versus the virus gang. And he's like, he offered money if they would debate. And like, uh, Look, man, I can dig getting into the discussion of virus, no virus, right? I don't mind. You know me. I'm not afraid of talking about these things. But it's like a no-win scenario. And I think he just got fed up with it. He says, I'm done with it. I'm not doing any more of that. That's, that's Steve Kirsch's thing. He's, he's criticized some of our friends on that realm, but I, it's okay. I, they're big boys. They can handle it, and I can too. But the point is, uh, I don't think you're going to solve that even on a show. I mean, we could have a show on it, and we've done shows on it. I don't think we've solved it. We've raised more questions that maybe need answering. But like I said, I don't have a dog in the fight, so it doesn't matter to me what people believe. I just, you know, I'm, I'm relating the, some of the limitations in, in our knowledge or what they used to proclaim what they proclaim as well. And I think there are things that are in question. So there you go. That's controversial. So that's it. Too much controversy in one, di- one show, maybe? We'll have to chill it out and Not tone it down tomorrow. Time. No yeah. controversy in bonus time. Okay. <laughs> All right, any other questions or comments before we wrap it up? We're about to wrap it up. I think that's it. I think we're good. Critical there. Leslie, have a blessed evening to you as well. And uh, God willing, we'll be back less than 22 hours from now. Thank you for joining us and sharing the show. Thanks to Steve Kirsch as well for joining us on the show. And I hope you all had a wonderful time.